Thanks for downloading the Preston and Steve podcast from WMMR. It'll begin right after these words. Attend Villanova University's graduate open house on Tuesday, October 20th. Villanova offers graduate programs in business, engineering, nursing, law, and liberal arts and sciences. Attend the open house and they'll waive your application fee. You're listening to Preston and Steve. MMR rocks now. Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. All right, today's the 5th of October. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, there's a woman from South Jersey that has developed a bizarre illness. Ordinary household odors um, make her so sick that she is living in a tent in her parents' backyard. I've heard of this. Sensitivity to, like, uh, cleaning products and things of that well, nature? Y- yes. Yeah, right. that's exactly like, what she, she has. She can't, she can't breathe it. Uh, they had, they did a thing on uh, maybe Maury right after the pickle segment. <laughs> well, why not just put like a little nose plug over your nose? Well, Casey, well you can't she, live she, that way. Casey, you have to see the picture of her. She has this big, giant mask that she wears like all the time because she she's on oxygen and everything makes her sick. She has to be outside all the time. She like a big like a big oxygen a mask. Big mask is pink and gray. I, I would draw they... gorilla lips on it. Yeah. <laughs> it would look cool. Uh, over the past four years, Jennifer Parker's world has changed dramatically. She went from uh, running her own successful landscaping business to living in a tent in her parents' backyard. She just developed this recently? Um, over the past yeah. four years. Yeah. Uh, she says, when I go indoors or in a car or in any stores, I get sick. Wow. Yep. She's 31 years old. Uh, her parents said that, I'm sorry, her, her symptoms range from nausea and fatigue to memory loss and they said an odd one which is pink fingertips. Yeah. Uh, at one point, Jennifer ended up in the hospital with convulsions uh the family is trying desperately to figure out what is wrong with her tests done on jennifer's townhouse showed uh, it was filled with deadly mold and a doctor in texas uh made this diagnosis saying that the pink fingertips were the body's way of trying to rid the toxins wow that's what pink fingertips mean that would suck man i mean you know uh, people would probably think you're crazy you know and not yeah. really believe you meanwhile yep. you're getting really really sick just by you know smelling common household uh, items and things the great thing is they've been able to refine the uh, the, the facial apparatus so it's virtually un- undetectable no we're looking at a picture of it it's huge <laughs> that's what i said it's it's, uh, it's bigger than a than a darth vader it looks mask. it looks darth like vader two two frisbees taped to some uh, yeah to an to, to a Darth Vader yeah. mask, yeah. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Who wants to play frisbee? <laughs> I wonder if, like, a hundred years ago, if this, if she, it would have killed her. You know, if it would be something that would just dro- driven her mad, or she would have ended up in an asylum. Well, I know, like, like five hundred years ago, they would have burned her as a witch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they probably might have done something like that. Uh, the illness left Jennifer allergic to household chemicals in everything. <laughs> I wonder if having the flu makes you think out loud very weird things. Probably, yeah. yeah. Michael I think, like, I think, like, Nick, probably about 200,000 years ago, she probably would have been killed by a pterodactyl. You know what? Uh, start writing these down, because you're going to get them all morning long. I'm just, my brain is so messed up right now. Probably killed by a pterodactyl about a million years ago. God, man. Those are the flying dinosaurs. That's a figure. Playing the role of Casey this week, <laughs> Nick McBoyd. <laughs> the year all week. <laughs> All right, the illness left Jennifer allergic to household chemicals in, uh, in everything from upholstery to detergent. Uh, she uh, can, the capital of British Columbia. It's Vancouver, right? She can only eat organic food and takes a half a dozen vitamins a day. Her wow. parents' backyard has become her bubble as she begins a new medication. That <laughs> She's got a bubble. That uh, yeah. should flush the toxins from her system. Now, first, Jennifer's insurance denied coverage for the treatment, which will cost about $30,000. Uh, but now they're saying they will pay a portion of that. I wonder if someone in this condition can be with someone else who's like using soap or deodorant or anything yeah, of that I don't nature. Know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the treatment lasts six to eight months. And uh, if all goes well, it should make Jennifer 70 to 90. Uh, it should be a recovery rate of 70 to 90 percent. Well, maybe she'll meet a nice robot. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the medication was developed after Hurricane Katrina when healthy people started developing debilitating mold-related illnesses. Wow. You're listening to Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. MMR rocks now. All right, some birthdays today that I'm going to run by you. Uh, let's go with uh, Nikki Hilton. Nikki Hilton. Right. And on my birthday list, officially uh, listed as socialite. That's her, apparently. That's a that's, job. That's her job. Socialite. Socialite. Uh, she's 26 years old. Well, then I'm a debutante. Uh, she is the younger of the Hilton sisters. I think uh, Paris is probably 28 years old. Maybe. Uh, yeah, Nikki's, Nikki's the younger. And then they have a younger brother. Who, yes, uh, right. who also got in a bit of trouble. Yes, yeah. she used to be uh, the spokeswoman for a local company. It was a, a hair products company. They sold like hair dryers and scrunchies and like hair ties, things like that. And uh, my friend had to work one on one with her and used to go up to New York to their penthouse wherever they live in New York. How, how and, was she? Uh, she said she was all right, like yeah. very just very quiet. Like they just it was just business and okay. and that was it. But you know, my friend had like had a really nice watch on, and she was like, oh. Nice watch. <laughs> My friend was like, wow, thanks. It's a nice watch. Uh, she does a lot of animal uh, rescue stuff, apparently. So oh, yeah? That's pretty cool. She's 26 today. Brian Johnson, lead singer of ACDC. <clears throat> 62 years old today. Uh, just last week, he was having some intestinal problems. No, he had... Um, the squirts. No, no, not the squirts. He had um, uh, ulcers. And they had to cancel a couple of dates, and he had to go see the uh, the doctor. But apparently, he's uh, doing better now, and they're getting back to the next leg of their tour. How many years into ACDC did Bon Scott kick? You know what? I don't know how yeah. many years, but it was it, 1980, 81, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or uh, maybe, maybe 80 is when he died. And then Brian Johnson came in, and he said that uh, at the... Uh, at the rehearsal or, or the, the audition that he came in and he basically just screamed as loud as he could. <laughs> it served him well. And he did not think that he would get the job, but they, they loved him. And I tell you what, man, for a band that lost their lead singer and was a successful band, the very first album they had, that Black Album, is just outstanding from beginning to it end. Is. Back in Black, it is just a masterpiece as far as rock music goes. So when Bon Scott died, they just decided they, they wanted to go on as a band and they, yeah. they had open tryouts, I guess? or I, I believe that's how it worked. Wow. Now, he was with, uh, Brian Johnson was not with another band at the time, and I don't know the history of everything. But the Dave Clark Five. But, no kidding. <laughs> wow. Jazz is dead? Man, did he change his, <laughs> his style. Uh, he but, sure did. But I tell you what, they, they bounced right and were more successful than ever with Brian Johnson, which normally you wouldn't see bringing on a new lead singer. Somebody was telling us that they, they saw him backstage. It might have been a friend of Pierre's um, relaying the story that saw uh, him backstage before the show, sort of hunched over and looking like an old man. And then when showtime came, he just picked right up and, yeah. and did it. Like yep. turns it on, does the deal on stage. But that if you were to see him out and about, you just think he was this, you know, this older guy. 62 years old today. All right, uh, Kate Winslet has her birthday today. Well, I love her. Near far, wherever you are. Uh, she's 34, Titanic. She's obviously. good in that movie. Yeah, she is good. Yeah. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's one of my favorites. That. Yeah. I really enjoy that movie. It, it, it in a bizarre way, captures uh, the ins and outs of being involved with someone. Who, and, who else is in Jim that? Jim Carrey. Oh. Yeah, and, and uh, Kirsten Dunst, and yes, Tom Elijah, Wilkinson, yep. Elijah Wood. Yeah, I never there's, saw that there's, there's a lot of good. Uh, he goes uh, actors in him. Jim Carrey goes to have memories of a relationship <coughs> with uh, Kate Winslet erased. They have this procedure that they can do it. But as he's losing the memories of the relationship, he's losing also things that he wanted to hold on to. Right. right. So 
Uh, and also, she was in uh, The Reader, where she's just reading all yeah, the just time. Just constantly. Are you done with that goddamn book? <laughs> it's a good movie, though. And you see her naked. Yeah. Uh, she's 30. She, takes, she just takes her clothes off. And yeah. puts, Wasn't it Kate? She's in the library. Wasn't it, didn't you talk to a comedian about, was it seeing Kate Winslet's uh, dead naked? Was she dead in a, in a movie where she was naked yeah, and, and she, you found well, it attractive? No. I, I never or got was, to I never got to see it. Oh, uh, um, okay. But, like, yeah, you're, you're basically looking at her corpse and, and, her, and her... In The Reader? No, 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 not in the reader, but in, in this, I can't remember the, the name skimmer. of the movie, but like you see her, her dead beaver. The skimmer is a, yeah. The skimmer yeah. where you just glance over the books. <laughs> yeah. You get to see her dead beaver? Yeah. What, is she a taxidermist? No, she's dead, but right. like they pan over her dead body. Uh, right, okay. Over well. my dead beaver. <laughs> That's the next movie. Same movie. Over yeah. my dead, dead beaver. beaver. Uh, Kate Winslet is 34 years old today. Yeah. Love that. Clive Barker, a horror author. Hellraiser. Mm -hmm. uh, great, uh, great uh, horror writer. And he actually directed Hellraiser. That was uh, his first movie. He, he, he is, um, was sort of considered the heir apparent to Stephen King, but didn't really pan out as much. And the Candyman movies were his, too. He's 57. Mario Lemieux. Uh -huh. Hall, Hall of Fame center. Four-time NHL scoring leader. 44 years old today. Uh, Guy Pierce, uh, who is a really great actor and a very nice guy. We had him in our studio. Just saw him uh, yesterday. They were, they were doing, uh, they were running that remake of The Time Machine. Yeah. He's really good in that. L.A. Confidential, he's awesome. Oh, in. man, yeah. And, and you want to see a, a mind F movie, Memento. Kathy, that's a movie right up your alley. Oh, no, man. it's not. <laughs> oh, can you imagine watching that with her? <laughs> what, what? You'd, you'd, just, you'd, you'd have to sedate her. <laughs> it's going backwards. The movie actually goes Stupid. in reverse. All the scenes are a scene that happened before the last one. And, so and it's confused. just, it's really weird. And the only way that the, the main character has no short-term memory. So he has yeah. to keep writing things down on his body so that he remembers... Like, it's, literally, it's amazing. he can hear one thing, and then ten minutes later, not even remember. Not even remember. Yeah, I'd yeah. have to do that to get through the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's messed up. Uh, anyway, he is 42 today. Daniel Baldwin is 49 years old. Homicide life on the street. It's almost impossible to consider him, but he is. He's the, he's the most losing member of the Baldwin family. Most losing? Da Daniel Daniel Baldwin, he, he's the, still a co-addict, right? Right. Yeah. He uh, horrible he, movies. Steve, was, Steven has it more together now. Was he just in a, a celebrity rehab or anything? Uh, no, like he was at Help, I'm a, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of yeah, Here, whatever the hell it was. Wait, but he was on Celebrity Rehab. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the most he, recent one was the... Uh, uh, was the other the, one. Yeah. And he left. He left Celebrity Rehab. Well, it, the, the best thing in that is uh, when he makes his first appearance, he's getting a medical exam by Dr. Drew. And Dr. Drew is going walking around him and he says, you know, I, I heard this thing that... Um, if you use cocaine, sometimes you can store up in your fat. And uh, even though you haven't been using it for a while, it'll just re-release back into your body. <laughs> and they, they cut to, like, shoes face. He's like, mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Not so no, much. that really doesn't happen. And uh, when Mary Carey was here in the studio, she told me off the air, well, she's not around now, yeah. but that he would call her and, like, you know, say oh, all these, yeah. like, sexual things to her. And, and Oh, he's was, pig. Like, yeah. Was, yeah. Like, and while they were in rehab, was sending her, you know, text messages, come to my room, all this kind of stuff. Well, speaking of uh, celebrity rehab, it is also Jeff Conway's birthday. Oh! Legend. He yep. should be dead soon. You want that I want. <laughs> He's still alive, though. Yeah. He is, and with I, that crazy bitch. Right. Would you call that alive, though, what he is currently? No, no, no I wouldn't. <laughs> and that bah 
And that was at the end of him. Uh, he's having he's having like a complete panic attack. Yeah, he was freaking out. They were carrying him around. They were wheelchairing him around. Um, he gets the second he leaves celebrity rehab, he goes home. There's a big jar of pills. He starts popping them. He's, he's just gross, he, man. He's disgusting. He, and, and it's too bad because he's he was a talented actor. Yeah, I really liked him. And the second time he did Celebrity Rehab, he looked so much better. I mean, he, he looked yeah. a, a thousand times better. And then he left early as well and went back to the pills. Hey, Spielberg, uh, did you know? <laughs> he uh, married Olivia Newton-John's older sister? Yes, really? when they when they broke up. That's apparently what sent him into a big spiral. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, he's 59 today. And then the last birthday I saw, Karen Allen. Uh, oh. Always had kind of a crush on her. Oh, yeah. Marion from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Animal House. Animal House, of course, yes. Uh, and she is uh, 58 years old today. What was that movie that she... Starman. Remember that? Yes, yeah. yeah. Where the, the husband dies, the alien comes down and assumes yeah. his... Uh, Appearance? Yeah, we thought she was cute. She's uh, 58 years old today. Those are your birthdays. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to this stupid question. Uh, syllogism is a form of <laughs> what? 215-263-WMMR. Yo, Bob, how are you, man? Bob! Hey, Bob, do you know what uh, syllogism is a form of? Logic. Logic, yes. <laughs> he is correct. <laughs> And Bob, since you got that correct, we are going to give you Californication Season 1 and 2 on DVD. Bob! <laughs> so hang on just a moment. California, here he comes. Rick Springfield guest stars on the third season Ooh. of the hit show Time for a Show. Bob! <laughs> On the uh, hit Showtime original series, Californication, debuting Sunday at 10 on Showtime. Which, as it turns out, is apparently actually David Duchovny's life. Right, yeah, that's, <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. sex addiction. Total sex addict. All right, at the uh, box office this weekend, number one was Zombieland. You knew it. $25 million. You got to go see it if you get a chance. Okay. And then uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs at number two. I want to see that. Followed by Toy Story and Toy Story 2 in 3D. That was uh, $12.5 million. Uh, followed by The Invention of Lying. And then Surrogates was fifth. Uh, tied for sixth was Capitalism, A Love Story, and Whip It. And oh, Jesus. Uh, Whip, wow. it, Whip It is that Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Like and they put, they put a big push behind that. But uh, I don't know if they sold it right. And then uh, Fame was eighth, The Informant was ninth, and then Love Happens rounded out the top ten of the box office. How many of those Jennifer Aniston, there, there must have there must be like 40 Jennifer Aniston romantic comedies. Yep, yeah. exactly. That's, and about 38 of them are completely forgettable. And that's all she does, right? Yeah. Pretty yeah. much so. And they're all the same. She plays, she, She's incapable of playing anybody but herself. She's a quirky, I, yeah. you know, slightly quirky, living alone, yep. you know. Yep, exactly. Been passed by, love doesn't seem to find her, and then somebody comes into her life and she murders him. Well, listen, I... Really? No, listen, I've got more on the uh, the David Letterman stuff. Uh, yeah. The yeah. latest comes from former intern Holly Hester, who told TMZ that her relationship with the, night, uh, the late night talk show host started in the early 1990s. The NYU alum says that they started dating after Letterman asked her on a date to the movies, which led to a year-long relationship that ended because of the age difference. Honestly, he's... This is an intern. You know, the age difference must have been pretty... Big at that time, you know, what, 20, 25 years? I would think so. You want to go to the way, movies? Yeah, how does Dave take somebody to the movies? Right. How does David Letterman go, go to, to the movies? I guess what he does, theater. he does, he, he probably, you know, took her down to the multiplex, waited in line. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, I would think they'd it would have I'd to be like a private, some milk duds, please. A private screening somewhere. Uh, anyhow, uh, she said, I was madly in love with him at the time. I would have married him. He was hilarious. And a source told people. <laughs> he had a show. Uh, source told people.com that Letterman had carried on another sexual relationship with an unmarried staffer during the late 1990s. According to the New York Daily News, Letterman had a secret bedroom that was dubbed the bunker above his set in the Ed Sullivan Theater in Midtown Manhattan. What? Really? Yep. That is awesome. Yep. He had a little. And horrifying. I don't he had believe a, that. He had a little room. I, I wouldn't doubt it. No. If you see the way that that he is when women come on the show, if you see the way you you know he 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 does he, he, he gets creepy yeah. he gets creepy yeah but he uh, he apparently had this this bedroom and uh, like I said like like uh, Kennedy the staffers called it the bunker well, and he would take uh, ladies there I mean there there's a good chance here that this bedroom is a place that he slept sure you know what I mean Absolutely. like it wasn't just for banging yeah if he, if he needed a place to go take a nap or something like that or just chill out for a little while or rub one out or whatever yeah. he needed to do he had the oh bunker. my but. He would, on yeah. occasion, take his side action up there, sure. Uh, since the announcement... Day's going to rub one out. <laughs> Letterman has become the subject of many late-night jokes. On Friday, Jay Leno got into it and told the crowd... Really? He said, settle down if you came... Do we have that? Yeah, you have yeah, the we, clip. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. it. Here, let's play it. If you, came here, if you came here tonight for sex with a talk show host, you've got the wrong studio. All right, sorry. But what is going on? Boy, first Conan hit his head, then somebody tries to extort money from Letterman. I'm so glad I'm at a late night. Oh! <laughs> so taking a little jab. Uh, and over the weekend on Saturday Night Live, Seth Meyers worked uh, the Letterman scandal into the weekend update. He called the extortion plot a stupid human trick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon also hit. We have a, a Fallon yeah, yeah. clip in this, and then it's interesting to hear Conan's reaction because Conan is, very, you know, is a big uh, fan of Letterman's. But here's here's Fallon. There's a new book out called Why Women Have Sex that has a list of 237 reasons why women have sex, and Letterman knows the top ten. No, no really good jokes among any of them yet. And uh, yeah. then Drew carries on uh, the Conan show on Friday night, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, he tries to get into it, but Conan just shuts him down. Listen. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Yeah, how Man, are you? I would hate to be on opposite Letterman tonight with all that sex stuff going on. <laughs> That's got to be tough. No comment. So how are things going with you? I mean, it's all good. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He just diverted it right away. Completely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyhow, uh, there will be more uh, wonderful, juicy details that come out in the near future, I'm certain. Oh, they're gonna, all the people who sort of remain mum on the topic, they're going to come out of the woodwork. Absolutely. Now listen to this. Sean Penn reportedly attacked a paparazzo on Friday afternoon in Los Angeles, allegedly leaving the cameraman with cuts and bruises. Paparazzi! It still really bothers him. Uh, Penn was seen kicking... Ah! And hitting the photographer on a side street multiple times before leaving, uh, the shooter, Jordan Dawes, has reportedly filed a police report against Penn and is considering pressing charges for battery. Uh, the photographer's agency, Flynet Pictures, says that Penn emerged from his truck and walked over 50 feet towards the photog and kicked and punched him without provocation. Uh, Penn also berated the photog... With obscenities and <laughs> shouted that he would quote put in, put you in a box to him you before going to uh, back to his house. Now, while I I, I do think that uh, you know the paparazzi are just you know bottom feeders. Uh, it, it, Sean Penn's a douchebag. He is. He's always been a douchebag with he this really stuff. Is. And then and when you go around trying to be I'm, I'm Mr. Uniter, I'm Mr. See the good in everybody. 
you really don't know the real Hugo Chavez, right. all this stuff. <laughs> You're doing all this stuff, and you beat the crap out of a minimum wage photographer? Right. Come on. Uh, Penn did some jail time back in 1987. There was a rumor that, I remember years ago, I don't know if, if anybody remembers this, but there was a rumor that he had gotten physical and uh, had, Madonna. Had hit Madonna. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Wait a minute, he did jail time for the same, the same thing? Uh, in 1987, he was uh, accused of hitting a movie extra trying to take a picture of him. Wow. Oh, and there are the classic pictures of him back in the Madonna days of, <laughs> of spinning on photographers yeah. and going at him. And uh, here, so I guess there was another photographer. Is this the actual? This is the actual photographer. This this is Sean Penn is trying to kick him. Looks like in the thigh. Yeah, and the photographer still holding the camera, getting you know, getting the shots oh, of, yeah. of him, you know, kicking him. But I, I, I bet you that. these photographers that this is like not they don't want to get hurt. But I bet you when this happens, oh. them, they're like, yes, it's yeah. funny <laughs> shot. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they want. And Penn's giving it to him. As Penn, so. he's got his big bag full of cigarettes. So he's anyhow, good to go. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna face some charges most likely in this. Well, a new report. Listen to this. Says that John Goslin. Oh, Recently emptied the joint bank account that he shares with his ex Kate all behind her back. What a scumbag. Uh, wow. The news comes just days after he claimed that he was trying to build a better relationship with the mother of eight. And according to radaronline.com, John took out more than $200,000, leaving just 1000 and violating an arbitrator's rules. Are you Sources say that it's from the bank account that Kate pays the bulk of their bills. Wow. Now Kate and her lawyer are expected to file papers today in a Pennsylvania court demanding that uh, the money be returned. You know what happens? I mean, I know this happens a lot in divorces where some, oh, they're going to play above board here. They're going to be okay. Even though we have a contentious thing going on, they're not going to do that. And then they end up doing that. They make the money grab. Yeah. And uh, they have another bank account that was set up, and that's for the children. That wasn't affected. And uh, they're supposedly working out a custody schedule, but he went and took all the cash. He's now doing, like, appearances at milkshake stores. I don't know if you guys caught the footage of him. He was at, like, I don't know if it's, like, a big milkshake chain, but he was really? at a milkshake store on, like, Thursday or Friday. There's a, there's a chain of milkshake stores? I don't know. I yeah, don't know if it boutique. was a chain. Listen, I'm, it's trying like Victoria's to, Secret. I'm trying to build it up, you yeah. know? Maybe it, it would be a lot worse if it was, like, a mom-and-pop milkshake shop. But I think he's just a few days away from that. Because yeah. it's uh, it's it's pretty pathetic. Yet in the interview with uh, Larry King, he said that uh, off the John and Kate stuff that they were that he was making over a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. That they, 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 I guess, both of them together, they had a, they had a, a, a nice fat contract, at least for cable. Wait, for Casey, is it because of the T-shirt that he's wearing in the picture we're looking at? It says oh. millions of milkshakes. Yeah, well, it, it yeah, is, Casey, that, that is it is a store. It is a store. Yeah. just one store. Well, yeah, it's in California. Yeah, okay. over one million served. But for the kids' sake, I don't want this guy to implode. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm pulling for him. I, I don't want him to have like you know tons of success, but I don't want him to implode and become like a complete and total loser. deranged dad. Yeah, a deranged dad loser that these kids will be embarrassed to you know have as a parent right, you know right. <clears throat> well, wonder if they're still proud <laughs> i know that i know uh, they love the milkshakes well when when you take the money like that it's uh it's just going to make sick. it real ugly. oh god yeah real ugly it's stuff. it's entering it's entering the kim bassinger alec baldwin stage yep, so we'll see uh this is cool news quentin tarantino wants to make a third flick in the kill bill series i love Whoa, it. awesome uh starring uma thurman uh, according to variety the variety the next installment could uh come out in 2014 so we're a ways away from that 
Uh, but Tarantino says he also has more than enough material for a follow-up to Inglorious Bastards, saying that a future project could include a prequel or a sequel. Why does he just release that as the third Kill Bill movie? Yeah. Maybe. Confuse the hell out of people. It would. Uh, the ex-fiance of a Real Housewives of Atlanta cast member was killed over the weekend. Yeah, I saw this. Ashley Jewell, who was formerly engaged to Candy Burris, died from a head injury after a fight occurred Friday night outside an Atlanta strip club. Oh. Uh, where apparently he worked. Uh, police have arrested club employee Frederick Richardson in the case. The sad thing was he was going to a John Gosson milkshake stand appearance. Oh, no. But apparently he was featured on the show. I've yeah. never watched one episode of it, so I don't know. But but he was, uh, you know, fairly known on the show, and he was uh, killed. Over I can't him. stand any of those shows. Um, They're horrible. And I saw the video footage of this, uh, and it's just a short thing, but I figured I'd mention it. But concert goers at Singapore's recent F1 music concert... <laughs> yeah. Weren't big fans of Lindsay Lohan. She was booed off the wow. stage. Whoa. I saw the video. And they footage. paid. They paid de nice change for her to be there. Yeah, she was like a last minute. Uh, um, I think she like should replace Nelson Mandela. Or so, yeah, yeah, you know he couldn't oh. make it. So I figured a good follow up would be Lindsay. No, I don't know who the original host was supposed to be, uh, but they you, it drowned out the announcer. Yeah, and uh, she was booed right off the stage. So and and apparently also I think it was a uh, I, I saw this on the news this morning, but uh, there was a fashion. Week in in New York or something like that. Wherever it was, she and she unveiled her her line of um, she consulted this line of clothing and it was savage. It was, yeah, the critics they, they they ripped it to shreds. They called it an embarrassment. Well, Horrible. she was like the first guest judge for Project Runway because I don't know she knows so much about fashion. Right. Yeah, but apparently she was uh, she was torn apart for her fashion sense. All right, and uh, why don't we go ahead and get to the clip? Yeah, and, uh, I mentioned earlier. Uh, Whip It, Drew Barrymore's directorial debut. The film is about women's roller derby. It stars Ellen Page, Marsha Gray Harden, and Kristen Wiig. And Barrymore talks about her favorite part in the project. Here we go. I related to a girl who Ellen Page plays, which is um, finding your inner strength, believing you can do what boys do, being capable, staying true to yourself, and figuring out who you are along the way. What the hell is she talking about? And uh, that apparently was opened this weekend and didn't do too well. So No, <clears throat> no. And it got a pretty good critical response. Did too. it really? Yeah. All right. And then uh, another one. Another clip, and this is from uh, Vince Vaughn, and the movie Couples Retreat, which I hope is good. It looks cute. There's a lot of people that I like in it. Jason Bateman, Kristen Bell. Yep. Uh, Malin Ackerman, or whatever her name yeah. is. Yeah, she's really hot, and uh, Vince Vaughn are in it. It's a PG-13, but it's an adult-driven comedy, and Vince Vaughn says the tone of the film did not call for violence or, vul or vulgarity. Here we go. This movie for me here, there's no in the movie. That's intentional. There's no, there's no GD or the Lord's name in vain in the movie. That's intentional. Um, the movie didn't warrant that. It's not the energy of the movie. It's not the spirit of the film. Uh, I don't work from a place of saying, how can I be so shocking so that they'll like my movie? Or, by the other hand, work, how can I be so conservative so that they'll like my movie? I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't <laughs> think I want to see it. <laughs> Michael Lippman wants to see no, it. Yeah, he doesn't want to see it. Right, he likes when they curse. I guess so. And uh, that's what I got entertainment-wise for you. Oh, this is Lindsay being booed off the stage. They described this audio. This is uh, at that... Broadcasting to the whole world. Let's hear for F1 Rock Singapore with LG. I didn't hear them say Lindsay Lohan, though. But apparently she comes out on stage and they... Jeez. So, yeah, yeah, that's pretty nasty.
Preston and Steve Rock on 93.3 WMMR. Hey, listen, I know we're only, uh, you know, we're not even a full week into October and, uh, you know, uh, the money shot being Halloween at the end of the month, but um, we already kind of got things rolling this weekend. We went to our first stop on the Tour de Gore, had an awesome time at Shady Brook Farms. Yeah. I can't tell you how great that place is man with so many different things to do they got a ton of stuff i was blown away it's, with it's, that it's, a, it's like a um it's like the haunted hayride and like a carnival as well yeah. fire breathers yeah, monster yeah. trucks uh paintball i mean just uh, the, the big karaoke they had uh, stages yep. where bands were performing oh my bonfires kathy it oh, was no a kidding. blast yeah. Yeah, yeah i wasn't with you guys but i went there a few years ago for christmas and their whole christmas oh. display is awesome as well you, you, you can see it as you go around the complex it's it's yeah. um uh, you know like they have santa's workshop and they have stuff that's not lit up, obviously. They're starting to set it up. But yeah, it's cool. We talked to Dave, the owner. He said that that's just by far... It's, it's, it's so good. Yeah, it's it's over the top, and they love it. But we had a blast there, and we'll do another Tour de Gore stop on Thursday for uh, Creamy Acres. and Another uh, home run. And then another scary thing over the weekend, Casey went <laughs> to see the Paranormal Activity Midnight Screening. You went on Saturday night? No, Friday, Friday night. Oh, Friday well, night. Okay. I guess Saturday morning. Right. You know, Friday night at 12.01 was the screening. There was a screening on Thursday night, but, you know, I want to desperately yeah. so much wanted to go see this but we we had appearances like every night last week and i couldn't i just couldn't do it yeah i felt bad steve because you were the one who turned me on to this you yeah were the one saying here you got to check out this trailer uh you know online i was too busy falling asleep on my couch <laughs> yeah well i mean i sitting sucked, up i sucked down a five-hour energy uh just to make sure that uh, you know I, I made it first of all made it that late yeah, yeah and then second of all made it through the movie and uh you know once i got in and the movie started i i knew i wasn't gonna fall asleep you know yeah. is, movie, does, is it uh, is it solid it delivered i mean you know what it's funny because i wasn't a big fan of blair witch you know and and i had heard you know that this is a lot like that in the sense that it's a, it's it's, it's a, a, one home, camera vantage point one camera you know it's you know homemade uh you know that whole deal it, you know minimal budget you know, I, I think they said uh, eleven thousand dollars. They, they, they spent, and the movie was shot, I believe, in the director's home. Yeah, and well, if they spent eleven thousand dollars on this movie, ten thousand of it must have been spent on the camera because there were there were no special effects in this movie, and it was terrifying. Wow. I mean, I can't tell you. I uh, I took my sweatshirt off to you know just to get comfortable and everything. Uh, about five minutes into the movie, I grabbed Your pants. A, come on, no, I grabbed the sweatshirt behind <laughs> from behind me, yeah. and I sat with it. <laughs> Over my face, and I gave myself like this tiny little, like I was like Cyclops. I gave myself that much, uh, you know, viewing, just a little bit of space where you could see. Yeah, because and I was fine during like you know the daytimes, like after they yeah. woke up and they you know they'd be talking about what happened the night before or whatever. But anytime and seventy percent of the movie was just with a, it was just the vantage point of a still camera over it, their bed at night. Panning, you know, over their bed and then down the hallway. And I cannot, I mean, it was... It, it was, was so it's, it's basically one angle that they exploit for, for almost the majority of the film. And it was terrifying. I mean, wow. I can't tell you how many times throughout the movie my, my hair on my arms just stood on end, <laughs> you know? And, and there were times during the movie where, you know, I was telling myself, these are just actors they're just messing around you know what i mean like this is just a movie this is just a that's, movie that's the most hackneyed uh, line in a movie promotion but you i guess you have to do yourself it. it's just a movie but you right? know those are things that i can't do when i'm watching like a halloween or a friday the 13th you know when jason is chasing right. these people through the woods you know i can't rationalize in my mind but well, this is just kane hotter you know who well, is it, just it, a the, guy the difference here is that it's presented in a way that we uh, we associate 
through YouTube and everything else with real footage. Yeah. So it's presented in that way, and it telegraphs that to your mind. And is there, is there any music in it, or is it all just uh, a lot, lot of uh, Zydeco? Yeah, a lot of Zydeco, uh, which Make is weird because it was set in San Diego. Um, yeah, there is, but okay. minimal, okay. minimal. Like I mean, you, the the first night they go to bed. I mean. You know, and it's what's what you're like, Steve. Is, is it the gist of it is that this this girl, this couple living in a house, yeah. like the girl believes that there is something uh, paranormal going on. This girl, uh, and and I'm not giving anything away. This girl has been haunted since she was five years old. Right. So and she believes something's in the house. So you would figure. No, it's not just that, Steve. You would figure, all right, well, if your house is haunted, just leave. Right. Well, no, this thing has been following her throughout her whole okay. life. Okay. So, uh, you know, and, and her and this guy move in together, you know, and this guy has been hearing things in the house as well. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to figure out what's going on here. And it's here. not a particularly, it's not an, a gothic style house. Nope. It's just a just a normal, house. a regular house, right? Yeah, beautiful house in suburban San Diego. He goes out and buys a camera because he wants to kind of figure out where all these noises are coming from and all that sort of stuff. The right. first night they go to bed, um, what's cool, Steve, is they, is they have like a little time counter on, on, on the right, bottom of right, it. Right. So you know what time it is. And it fast forwards. And, and then when the time becomes real, it stops fast forwarding. You know something's going to happen. And then this music is just like a like an ominous sound, like a like a drone, yeah. Yeah, and then you're like, and then that's that was the cue for me to put the little sweatshirt over my head, (laughs) you know. Um, and and it was just the the suspense was just perfect. So, but the shot that you see, you were telling us that the shot that really gets to you is the shot down the hallway, down the hall, because they they keep a light on at the end of the hall, so it's dark. This this feeds right into a a deal because. (laughs) When I was a kid, um, I had to sleep with uh, in the same room with my little brother because I'd tell him scary stories, and that was my punishment as I had to sleep with my little brother. <laughs> so I'd sleep on a, ca- on a cot when my older brother was in the house, and we sh- shifted to the big room. But when we shifted to the big room, my bed was the bed that looked down the hallway. Oh, oh man. So my, uh, the, the master bedroom was, was you know on one side of the hall with my, where my parents were, but I got the clean shot right down to the stairway. Yeah. Right down to the stairway. So... At, past my my parents' room, it became pitch black dark, and I would sit there at night looking down that hallway, and I would see things, you know, yeah. because your mind sure. plays tricks on you. Oh, sure, yeah. absolutely, and you're sure I'm seeing something. Something's coming up the stairs, and it would drive me out of my friggin' mind. <laughs> and the more the more real estate, the more uh, you know area that you have to look at while you're asleep, the more your mind is. going And to I got the things. whole goddamn hallway. Yeah. A and B. I was into horror movies and scary stuff as a kid to begin with. Right. But you would see light and and stuff would play tricks on you. And I told the story about how I always had this fear that a, that a uh, that a witch would come in. And and this is the honest truth would staple me down on the bed, <laughs> almost like like a hot pocket to hold yeah. me for later. So I would always sleep with the sheets over me completely, with my finger out, so I could work the staples up if I needed to. <laughs> As deranged that is, but that I remember clearly um, that the fear of that hallway. And then uh, Steve, over the weekend, was it over the weekend that that uh, that special ran with these celebrities that have seen ghosts or, uh, yes. or had experiences? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, Is I, that I, worth watching? I, I watched it. It was it was. Uh, they had uh, Joan Rivers, uh, uh, Scott Baio, yeah, uh, David Carradine before he died, obviously. Really? Yeah, and he was relaying some stuff. And the the, the girl who was the um, uh, the the girlfriend in Meet the Fockers, Terry Polo. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, they had, I mean, it, it's interesting, people that you know as actors or actresses really saying to you, listen, <laughs> like Scott Baio's like, listen, I'm telling you, I am not a goofy dude. Right. Uh, you know, this, 
happen to me. Yeah. And it, it adds a certain... Because a lot of times you see these shows on Discovery, and it's like, and I know Russell with the demon on the floor. and it's, <laughs> I don't know this dude. He could right. be he could be an idiot. But at least for, in, in, in some sense, we have a context to know these people. And it's like... Oh, Scott Baio really believes this, you know, yeah. and I don't know why that should make it any more valid, but for some reason it does. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, because I, I saw those people starting to tell their stories, and, they, and you could tell the seriousness in their tone. He's, he's like, welling up. Joan Rivers is freaking out, you yeah. know, and she's talking about this story about this apartment that she rented where there, all this activity is going on uh, that she currently, she still lives in and now considers the, the ghost a, a friend, basically. Right. Uh, it's wild. Hey, it's weird let me, stuff. Let me go to Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Good morning. Good morning, you guys rock. Thank you, Rachel. What's going on? I did not go see this movie. My fiance went because, see, I I didn't buy into this stuff. Like, he loves to watch that show on TV that the guy does from Penn State, you know? Oh, yeah. And just loves it. So he came home Thursday or Friday morning after Thursday night, whatever, and he's, like, wired. So the two of us were standing in the kitchen. It's just the two of us and, and the three kids. We both crack a beer together, open a can of Coors Light, and not two seconds after we open our beers, uh, the sound of a beer opening. And I, I looked at him, he looked at me, because both of our beers were open. He's like, my dad's having a beer with us. Well, his dad passed away 10 years ago this month. Oh, man. He's like, my dad just comes around every now and then just to let me know everything's okay. And you're running low on beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, hey, Big Russ, because, you know, that was his dad's name. But that that distinct sound of somebody else opening a beer you was know, just, <clears throat> and it, it freaked me out. And you, it, and you both heard it, right? We both heard it at the exact same time, because we both looked at each other and looked at each other's beers. Have you, like, have you, have you ever had, um, have you ever had uh, other experiences besides that one? Um. Funny you should ask, because a couple weeks ago, we were just sitting at the dining table, and we heard this noise, this bang, one loud bang, and we looked all over the place, and here, the door to the bedroom, one of the bedrooms, it doesn't open all the way because the carpet is, is too right, high right, right. To open, but there was a hole in the wall where the doorknob would be if somebody slammed that door into the wall. wall. Yeah. My my fiance is like six three, two hundred and twenty pounds. He tried to push that door like to make it go into the wall and he couldn't do it. Huh. But there is a hole and and I'm not scared about it. It's just like Oh you should be. Okay, well whoever's <laughs> no, no, here get it. whoever's here just don't hurt the kids and just Let's all get along. Can't we all just get along? Yeah, yeah exactly. Rodney King was in here. I, I, I had a, I had a moment. Thank you, Rachel. By the way, I had a moment uh, actually last week. Uh, and and I don't, I, I, I get skeevy. Things freak me out a little bit every now and then, but I don't really dwell on this stuff. A paranormal but, moment, you, or something I, I, that, that at least was inexplicable. Yeah, it was something that we that we couldn't explain. My wife and I, we have a, a very large. You guys have been in my house. We yep. have a, a really large kitchen table. It's really long, and uh, it's it's really nice. It's it's wood, and uh, so we decided um, uh, earlier this year to get. A custom piece of glass cut to put on top of it because the kids beat the crap out of it with utensils and stuff. Right, right. So we've had it for a while now. And last week we're sitting there at the table. I'm on the computer. She's sitting next to me. <coughs> and just, you know, n n nothing extraordinary happening. All of a sudden, bang! Shattered. What? Swear to God. It shattered right in front of us. And nobody was sitting at the table. No, her and I were sitting at oh, the table. Oh, you were sitting there, but. And it was just like, boom! 
boom, just this loud crack, and it cracked all the way across. It broke it in uh, one quarter of it, you know, broke it off completely. Whoa. Wow. And all right, that's a little bit freaky. Zero explanation for that whatsoever. So at the very moment, at the, when it happened, I was like, I thought, you know, paranormal type of thing, now, but I, I don't know. Sure, like happen. 99% of that stuff, you know, you, you, you can explain away, but there, there, there is a lot of people who are, um, you know, who get too eager for that. Yes. Who are like, oh, I see stuff all the time. Well, sometimes you're just, you're just seeing stuff that's not there. As a kid, though, you know, and, and, and oh, yeah. You, you're, you're really, you're really uh, 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 open to that stuff. Yeah. And I remember, God, I mean, it was, it would terrify the crap out of you. And, and you're saying, at least on one level, that's what this movie is captured. This movie, yeah. And, and I don't believe in ghosts, but. Sometimes in my real life, I play it apart, you know, yeah. because I can't, you know, I, I have to tell myself that I don't believe in that sort of stuff, but I love but there, it. There's a part of you that, that entertains the notion. I don't know why I would say that because like, I'm, you know, in one, in one respect, I'm saying I don't believe in ghosts, you know, but then I don't know. I get freaked out Mom, like they, like they exist. I watch all of you. I watch all the show. I've never, we we used to do. Uh, haunted stayovers. We, we, we slept yeah. over at the Easter State Penitentiary. We did when we were, you know, Y100. We did it, uh, at Fort Mifflin and, and, and all that stuff. And, and people would see stuff. I never saw a friggin' thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd always be showing up after it happened. When we slept over at Easter State Penitentiary, everybody else was, it was like, you know, one in the morning or, or midnight or whatever, and I was like, you know what? I want to go to sleep now. And everybody else was still doing, you know, the activities, out right? Going it. around, checking, doing all that stuff that you see on like Paranormal State. I was the same sort of thing. Yeah, I yeah. was by myself in the round. In the you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and I was like freaked out. But you know, and the whole time I'm like, they're ghosts. They don't <laughs> exist. But why are you so scared? I don't yeah. know. Um, I had a, a couple of friends who went to Mount St. Mary's College. And there are like tons of ghost stories out of there. Sure. I mean, and I've, and I've, you know, firsthand, you know, like a friend of mine said she was followed by a ghost, you know, it was just like a really freaky thing where the, you know, there was this, a ghost of a priest that was right. way off in the distance. Um, you know, or at least off in the distance, it looked like a, you know, real person. And as they were walking, uh, they turned around again and like that gap was closed by, you know, hundreds of yards in a matter of seconds. Uh, and it was Meaning just like, that what? The priest was right up on her? Or? Right up on her. Like, so, you know, he was, let's say, 300 yards away. Turns around. Did he have a stopwatch? Or take, <laughs> takes like, takes, Top that! takes like five steps, turns around, and he's like 20 right yards on. away, you know? Uh, wow. I, I've heard, you know, there are a lot of stories that add to Mount St. Mary's. Hang on, let me go to a couple of calls. I got Joanne on the line. Hey, Joanne, good morning. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up, Joanne? Not much. Just heading my son to school. All right. Go ahead if you got a story. Yeah, my son was about two and a half, three years old, and um, I guess probably about four or five months prior to my father had passed away. Mm-hmm. And he was sitting watching the television, my son, on the floor, and there's a stairwell to his left. Well, I'm watching him TV, and he looks toward the stairwell, and he says, Mommy... Look, the man in the light. And I said, what? What? My son's name is Corey. I said, what, Corey? And he's smiling and he's laughing and he's waving. I said, Corey, what are you looking at? And he goes, the man in the light. So I go over and look toward the stairwell. Now my hair's standing on my arms. And I said, I don't see anything. And he's like just laughing. So I just figured I would just ignore it. And then I got home. When my husband got home from work, I told him the story. and We were all freaked out. Days later, I walked up my stairwell and smelled my father's cologne. 
Hmm. He used to wear the old cheap Stetson cologne, which is very <laughs> no. He was a Stetson man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we, I smelled the cologne really strong in the hall and the stairwell. And I just had to collapse down on the stairs. I was so freaked out I couldn't even breathe. Wow. Wait, it, it, it's it's weird because of like Scott Baio's story last night, and you know now I trust Scott Baio uh, right. because he's a celebrity. Why would he lie? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Scott Baio's dad had died, and um, they had a contentious relationship, and and uh, he was taking his dogs out for a walk, and it wasn't inside; it wasn't you know in the house or whatever. And he, there was a, a like a, a weird breeze that came across him. He he, he smelled sort of the, the scent of his father. And then he heard someone whisper into his ear, I'm, I'm sorry. And he, he went home and it was because his dad and he said, I'm sorry, too. He ran home and started crying. Hmm. Uh, now, what could that have been? I mean, there, there are multitudes of things. If you're, if someone passes away, you're in a highly emotional state. Yeah. Your mind is, 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 is apt to play tricks on you. But there's so many instances of, of things like this. You know, what are the odds that they're all nothing? Would hearing something or seeing something freak you out more? Seeing. Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe, I did maybe. see. I mean, when my I mean, like hearing someone speak, though, would just send me through the roof, man. You, well, like we that. did. We Well, we remember. Well, we, those EVPs, yeah, when you, when you play those back, you record and then play back. But I mean, hearing something. In live. In live, real time. Like somebody whispering in right, your ear. Right. And there is no one Can there. That was. <laughs> so would. You're a fan. That would destroy me. Uh, we were at the, uh, what was at least for a while used as death row at uh, Easter State Penitentiary. We were doing that stuff where you, you have the EVP, you record. Yeah. We were in a room that was completely quiet. We, you know, they, uh, they were leading the questions. They went right through. And uh, when, when it played back, I forget what the question was. Do you want us here? I think it was. And you heard with the room noise, with the room like, you know, like the reverb. Yeah. You heard no. Yeah. It was pretty weird. And it was none of us, and we would have heard it. Yeah. Had, had someone have said it. Yeah, because we stayed as, as still, still and quiet as you could possibly be. And, and I do remember hearing freaked a couple us of those the F out. Freaked us out yeah. I went to the, uh, the world premiere of The Sixth Sense, and before the movie came on, M. Night Shyamalan told a story that basically, that it, it, it's the whole reason he, why he wrote the movie, but he saw a ghost when he was, or, or, what he thinks could be a ghost or whatever, right. but you know, he was in his friend's yard and he looked up into the window, saw a girl standing in the window, and then he asked, like, you know, something like, Oh, you know, why doesn't your sister come outside? And the guy's like, My sister is, you know, in Disney World, or, you know, right, she yeah. wasn't even in the area, you know, let alone, you know, even close enough to be in the house. It, it freaks you out, and you can't help but sound like a rube when you talk about it because, oh, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, and as was the case with these celebrities or any of those shows. You know, that's why they have a lot of the people in in the shadows, because everyone thinks they seem like an idiot when they talk about this yeah. stuff. Uh, let me go to Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Good morning. Good morning, you guys rock. Thank you, Melissa. What's going on? Oh, I grew up in a house that's about 150 years old, and I've had more paranormal activity in that house than I care wow. to deal with ever again in my life. I'm so glad I don't live there. Yeah, but old houses, story. no. I, just flat out, <laughs> no. You've always been, is that one of the main, is that a reason, is that an element of why, because you've yes. never liked old houses. You wanted a brand new house. Yes, ex right. that's part of it, Steve. So you know what, and, and as much house. as I say that I that I don't, uh, you know that I don't really believe in this yeah. stuff. It scares me enough to where I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And this buy was it. where the previous owner was butchered. That's right. Yeah, Melissa, what did you see? When my uh, I always hear footsteps, people walking when nobody else is home. My dad still lives in this house. And when my little sister was five, she had a sleepover party. You know, they were young, all about five years old. That morning, my dad was giving them their pancakes, and he said to one of them, "How did you sleep last night?" She said, "Oh, that man on the steps just kept looking at me all night long." 
and they all kind of looked around at each other. You know, none of us were awake, and she was scared, you know, serious, nothing funny about it. And we're like, what did he look like? Just that old man, that old man sitting at the top of the set. Yeah, that's that's when right. Century Twenty One would be getting a call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my friend, quickly. my friend uh, Jerry lives in it. They bought an old farmhouse. Old, yeah. I mean, you know, two hundred years plus. It's really old. So it's uh, um, it's like that, like the old farmhouse out at Ridley Creek State Park that we yeah, have to see, which is wildly haunted. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And uh, and he he told me a story about uh, you know one night he went out on the on the front porch of the house and that, when I, he when he tells you this is 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 it sheepishly that he's telling you or does yeah he, yeah he's kind of like well, you know I yeah. because I'd, I'd ask you ever you know anything ever happened around here he's like well, yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah and uh, he's he like went outside for a cigarette or something like that and there standing right in in the front yard of the house he said was an old black woman who he said something like what are you doing here and she turned around and looked at him and uh that's awesome and then it, and and he yeah totally and apparently she you know she had disappeared or something like that right after that and he said it just it freaked him the hell out and the the basement uh is somewhere that they he does not like to he go doesn't go to the basement he, he took me down in there and it looked normal you know it was just clutter and and stuff and and but he's like See, they they hear things and and stuff like that yeah know? man wow. there's there's yeah we talked about this a, a while ago about rooms people just won't go into and there and and when you have a room that like a pet won't go into yeah Joan Rivers again she's a celebrity so you can put you know uh, credence in what she's saying. Her dog wouldn't go into the apartment. Then uh, she was talking about her ghostly encounter. I listen. My, I've already talked about how scary my house was, so you know I won't even go into that. But I, I, my neighborhood that I grew up in, all the houses were really old. You know, hundred years old. Or well, whatever. you guys had the devil worshiper that lived in. Yeah, there. he wasn't a devil worshiper. <laughs> no, well, what the hell was it? I don't know. What there was he a was. dude who slept in a coffin. <laughs> yeah, but we had. Um, uh, there are probably a handful of people that, that lived in and around my, my house that think that their house is haunted because when we got our first universal remote control, uh, we went and found out what kind of TVs people had and we would go <laughs> in through their them. window. Do you know and, for like, a fact that they thought it was haunted because well, of that? No, I'm saying because they have no explanation as to why their TV turned on, why the volume went all the way up and why it went to channel 666. You know what I mean? They have no idea why. I know why. Yeah, yeah. I know why it 10 o'clock at night, their TV went on for no reason, but they That's don't. Funny. I know it's a little early in the month for the ghost stories, but I mean, this movie opened over the weekend and it was. Uh, it Everyone was talking about it. Yeah. hugely, but uh, let me get a couple other calls. I'm going to go to Dawn. Hi there, Dawn. How you doing? Hey, you guys rock. Thanks. Oh! Hey, Dawn, what's up? Uh, my parents' house growing up, they, I grew up in Westchester and I actually still live in the same house. It dates back to 1712, so it's almost 300 years wow. old. Wow. So growing up, we had all sorts of weird stuff going on in our house. We had a friend of my parents was house sitting one time, and there was he went into my parents' bedroom, and there was an indentation of somebody laying in my parents' bed. <laughs> and so as he's looking at it, it slowly like went away as the person got up off the bed. What? <laughs> yep. You saw this happen, Don? A friend of my parents did. Oh, all right. And then we also had. Um, like, I used to fall asleep with the radio when I was younger. And, you know, keep it way down. You see, before the days that they had the kids turn off of the, the uh, radio. And right, right. And all I woke up, the thing was blaring. Like I had to get up and turn the volume all the way down. See what they they say they say is that a lot of times things that are related to to going to sleep or waking up out of a sleep, 
your mind is is much more uh, susceptible to to planting uh-huh. images in your in your yeah right. that seem real that right. seem real and and uh, you you swear and yet there are, there are other ones where where people you know they swear up and down they were completely lucid a hundred percent awake and and they had an encounter I I, I don't know let me people to, will swear that it's absolutely bible let me go to Michelle hi Michelle good morning good morning guys hey what's up Michelle. I have like two stories that stick out in my mind. I grew up in Connecticut, and my parents didn't have an old house, but I come to find out it was built on like really old farmland a long time ago. And um, I always see things that nobody would ever believe me. Would you so, see it? Would you see it in the house or around the property? I would see it in the house, and sometimes I'd see it in the backyard if I was like looking out the window okay. or something. But nobody would ever believe me. So this uh, one time, I was actually babysitting my brother. I was probably like twelve. My brother was like seven or six, and we're sitting there watching TV. And my parents had an intercom system in the house, and it can't be accessed through the outside unless somebody on the inside pushes a button. Well, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, over the intercom, somebody says, turn the light on downstairs. And I was like, oh, maybe the parents are home. So I went, and I um, turned the light at the top of the basement stairs and closed the door. And nobody was coming up. So I'm like, what is going on? And, I'm go- and I go downstairs, and I look, and there's nobody home. Nobody's there. My parents got home two hours later. Wow. Bring me a sandwich. <laughs> that that freaked me out. Another time um, where nobody still believes me, but I woke up in the middle of the night. It was probably like three in the morning, and at the foot of my bed there was like a little boy standing there. I thought it was my brother, like who snuck out of his bed and came into my room. Yeah. And I just like woke up and I was like, Armando, what are you doing at the foot of my bed? Can you please go to bed? And I just like laid back down. And then when I woke up the next morning, I was like, What were you doing in my room at three o'clock in the morning? And he's like, What are you talking about? I was like, You were at the foot of my bed. What were you doing? Yeah, see that it's 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 freaky stuff. It definitely is freaky. Ninety percent, if not more, of these these stories always occur. You know, in uh, at nighttime, in and around the bed, in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when people are are, are groggy. That's yeah. that's why I have a, the, the stuff that blows me away is when people are outside. They're walking through the woods right. or something yeah. where they've been awake for a they've while. They've been awake yeah. for a yeah. while. It's mid afternoon, and it's and they see something. That's freaky. Yeah, you should hear the conversations I have with my wife when she's just waking up. She makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. Why were you but... standing on my face? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna uh, Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Good morning. Hi. Hi. What's up? Um, I just wanted to share that my mom is a medium. Okay. So, so she diets. Yeah. <laughs> Not a size medium. Oh, I'm sorry. No. She experiences this stuff all the time since she was little. She communicates with people from the other side, so she's always getting messages and seeing things. And now, um, do, do you do you, do you fully believe that, Jennifer? I do. Yeah. Okay. But I actually have some of her abilities as well. And um, the reason I the reason my mom explains that these things happen at night is because you're at a very low energy state. And you're very, very calm, so you're more susceptible to, to receiving these communications because they're at a very high energy state, so you kind of meet on the same level. But when you're awake, there's a lot of clutter in your head, and you're not really able to have such a communication. Nick thinks you're loony, Jennifer. I can tell by just <laughs> no, the look on his face. okay. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, also with that, though, comes the fact that a lot of people are just groggy and, and, and are, are bound to see things that aren't there. But uh, we've heard, and all the years we've been doing this and talking about stuff like this, we've heard some stories from people who are flat out, middle of the day, or lucid, 
and you know, uh, seeing things off on the side of the street or, or or in a park or whatever that just terrified the crap out of them. Here's my problem with it: is and, and I'm sure Jennifer believes exactly what she said she does, and, and I'm sure her mom believes the same thing. I've never had a personal experience that would make me believe anything like that. So I'm right. just so skeptical of anybody else who's gone through it um, because it's never happened to me. Yeah, no, it's it's hard to put a uh, frame of reference on it. I mean, I'm around. I've been around people who swear that they see it, so my mind is open to it. But I've never seen anything. Uh, isn't Celeste what our friend uh, who does the pinup shots? Isn't her mom? A her mom, yeah. yeah. Her mom is, from what I understand. Yeah. Is there a difference between psychic and medium? Yeah, I don't is it know. the same thing? Uh, I think it's pretty much pretty much the well, same. No, I think a me- I think a medium supposedly, uh, you know, has well, convers or, or speaks with the other side, and a psychic can tell the future. Well, I think the uh, clairvoyant is the one who speaks to the uh, the other side. Right. They're all scammers, essentially. <laughs> They all steal people's money and oh, pretend okay. that they're not necessarily. Do- not people ask for money to do that stuff. Uh, let me go to Rob. Hey, Rob, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing today? Good. What's up, man? Um, I was listening to your stories here and had one with my grandfather. When my grandfather had died, my father had a duck phone that the lights would on the eyes would light up red. It was a well, duck they, phone. Yeah, like the old antique duck phones. All right, designer phone. <laughs> Well, when my grandfather died, the left eye had went out, which my grandfather was blind on the left eye. At 3.30 every night, my grandfather would, you know, he was a prankster. So right. my dad would get a phone call every night on the yeah, phone, hello. which didn't work, that would turn around and say, the person you were trying to reach is no longer in this service area. Please try again later. So, wait, did the, wait. Phone, the phone actually had a... Uh... The, the phone had a, a speaker on it? No, it would actually ring, and when he would pick the phone up, that's what it would say. Oh, All right. Right. Now, I got gotcha. you. No, wait a minute. You said the phone was broken? Yeah, it never worked to begin with. It was sitting on his nightstand as a showpiece. And and it, it was it plugged into the wall? Uh, into nope. the, It was not nope. plugged into the phone line? Nope. He uh, ended up breaking the phone. <laughs> see, I see it went that. on for like three weeks in a row, and he ended up smashing. I don't know. Phone. I'm Dude. inclined to not believe it, uh, but, I, I, but, I, but you know, but this, you know, this he believes it. I, I, I I'm think inclined to, to not believe that too, because the moment that something that has no electricity hooked up to it whatsoever is actually working, uh, that That's what freaked him out. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I would actually, I would call my local TV station immediately and yeah. say, "You've got to see this. This is a this is a full on phenomenon. It's not right even here. plugged into the wall. Look at that. So my dog phone works." I don't know. That's pretty messed up if that is indeed true. But I, I, you know, here's here's the conflict here in, is that I I want to see it. I want to believe in this. I mean, I want to you know get verification of it because I think it's cool. Yeah. But it's still, I've never seen anything. This uh, this celebrity show was it just a one off thing? No, no, they a couple of them. It's a series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what what network has it's that? It's Bio. Uh, okay. It's one fi- channel one fifteen. All right, well, I got to see that then because it did look a little bit weird. And uh, I think they ha- who does is William Shatner one of them? He wasn't last night. Okay, no, because they showed a few of the uh, of the celebrities that are going to be on there. I thought he was one of them, but I'm not sure. Uh, but anyhow, Casey went to see the movie uh, Paranormal Activity, and it was playing at the Bridge. And I don't see it, um, you know, playing this week. But maybe it's just going to be a weekend midnight movie thing. I think they're going to uh, they're, they're going to have to release this yeah. sucker wide. I mean, it, I'm sure this is just to sort of create word of mouth and a viral campaign yeah because there's no way they're not gonna uh, you know get it in as many theaters as they can for halloween well and you said that uh that spielberg, spielberg is, yeah. is uh, behind it and by the way he's in town this week do you guys know that yes really? i heard yeah he's receiving an honor at the uh, uh constitution center for his uh film work and philanthropic work and all that stuff so maybe we um, can get jack nicholson to talk to him that'd be nice if we could get him to get those two no. together i don't know no. No. Already? no no really no oh sorry 
Preston and Steve Rock on 93.3 WMMR. Hey, listen, I got to throw some love to the uh, North Penn uh, Rugby Club, uh-huh. of whom which I was uh, hanging out with this weekend. These guys are rabid fans of the Preston and Steve show. I saw them at a, uh, a fundraiser I went to for a police officer in my area, Dan Kovaleski, that what they had at um, uh, the VFW Hall, which is uh, over by Hatfield. It was where we were. Okay. And uh, these guys were all hardcore fans of the show. Awesome. And uh, wanted to, uh, you know, want to throw some love out to those guys. And they, they wanted me... To throw some love to the Harleysville Hotel and the awesome wings that they have there, because they said that I needed to mention <laughs> Okay, so, sure. So I did. But listen, they they told me that uh, that they heard us that morning talking about um, different kind of uh, hazing rituals. Yeah. And uh, I had mentioned that uh, I knew a rugby player, because we started talking about, you know, the, the pouring the, the beer down the butt crack into the boot and drinking that. And then also the elephant walk. Well, they told me something called the land shark. What's the land shark? You, you're familiar I with that I have case? no idea what that is. This is apparently where, and, and this is a punishment. Of, no, I think it's if you actually it's a celebration if you get like a hat trick or something like that uh they strip you down naked hold you up in the air face down and uh, you know by by your legs and your arms and uh, then you take a paper plate and you fold it twice so it's in the shape of, of a fin like a fin yeah you shove that in the butt crack and light it on fire <laughs> I would miss every single shot after yeah. I had two goals. Uh, what well, a celebration and, and then, that is! And then you you uh, you go as long as you can handle it, right? Until your ass sets on fire. Well, if you know, you don't have to let it get down that far. It's up to you. No, no, no. But, uh, but I and said, that's if you get a hat trick. That we will need to utilize that should we find a form of uh, you know some kind of punishment that is uh, that warrants that. Kind three of... three successful jokes in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but I, I think that uh, that a land shark is something we could do with maybe you know one of our interns. Sure. Like that, sure, so it's possible. Let's it's do it at Thirty Street Station. Yeah. I agree. I think it'd be a good spot to do it. So anyway, uh, and by the way, the North Penn uh, they have a NorthPennRugby dot com, or I'm sorry, yeah, NorthPennRugby dot com is our website. That I wanted to mention those guys. So thank you guys, we appreciate it. All right, let's do the B file now. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's bizarre file. Oh yeah, police arrested an Oregon man. Tuesday night in San, at San Francisco International Airport after he threatened to blow up a plane. Oh. Really? Yeah, I, I guess, guess that's illegal. Uh, that is illegal. Mark Todd Field didn't have a bomb, but he made the threat in the international terminal because he was angry about a problem with a plane ticket. You guys need to chill. Uh, an employee from Philippine Airlines told the man that he would have to buy a round-trip ticket if he wanted to get on the plane. Field lost his temper and pointed to a cell phone that he was holding and said, I'm going to press this and blow up the plane. Oh, wow. What a jackass. Are you kidding me? Out of your mind. The airline employee took the threat seriously and called the police. And authorities searched Field's bags and the airport plane, but the, or, I'm, I'm sorry, the airplane, but didn't find Blowing any, up a plane? Yeah, any we explosives. That. And uh, Field was arrested on suspicion of making a false bomb threat and making criminal threats. Uh, he is in custody in lieu of $50,000 bail. And you can be looking at some serious jail time. Don't they, joke about that. If you even that. joke about that in line. Yeah. If you're laughing when you say it. It yeah. doesn't matter. They'll get you. In Australia, arrested, drunk, and together in the back of a police wagon, the perfect setting for love. A motorist says she saw a couple having intimate relations while an oblivious policeman was driving them through traffic. Uh, the unnamed couple was under arrest for public drunkenness and was being taken to jail. 
Uh, it was a. She said it was at a red light, and I had to sit behind the paddy wagon for a few minutes. She said I couldn't believe it when I saw them just going for it. She said that they saw a man lying on top of the woman, and although their clothes were on, she could tell by their movements what they were doing. Wow, they found love. Uh, police did not confirm everything that Walker saw. calling a girl. But admitted that officers in uh, front of the wagon can't see everything happening in the back, and they've launched an investigation with the officers involved. <laughs> Cameron Ulner doesn't think of himself as a hero. The wheelchair-bound Colorado resident said that he just did what anyone else would do when he saved a little girl from a child molester right in the in the Walmart where he works. Wow. Witnesses says that a man sexually assaulted a girl, a young girl inside a Walmart, uh, picked her up, and then tried to flee the store. Ulner was working at the Comcast table in the front when he heard the commotion. This guy's in a wheelchair, in a wheelchair. right? So he tackles the suspect, 34-year-old... Kevin Sailors before he could escape, and then he held him until cops arrived. That's he awesome. Laid on top of him. I uh, said it was something that uh, happened so fast. I didn't even think about it. I'm not a hero. I just did what you're supposed to do. Wow. Uh, Sailors was arrested and charged with sexual assault on a child. Ulnar has been in a wheelchair since he fell wow. from a roof while hanging up Christmas lights, and he said that he might get an award from police for his actions. So good job That's for awesome. him. Officials at a German zoo say that a male brown bear attacked and killed a female bear in front of horrified onlookers. Yeah. I've never heard of this before. Uh, the director of the zoo in the incident said that the incident occurred on Saturday afternoon. Uh, he said that uh, zoo officials are still trying to determine why the male, a Syrian brown bear named Baloo, uh, attacked the female Clara. Uh, Clara had arrived. I'm glad to tell you, it uh, was a man. <laughs> it was a passing as a chick, but it was a man bear, but no one will listen. Clara arrived. By the way, that's a bear with a German accent. <laughs> Clara arrived. I'm trying to tell you all the time, but no one listens. Clara arrived at the zoo two years ago, and blew about yeah, it. Clara, right, my ass. A half year later. How are your balls there, Clara? Uh, they were kept apart at first, but were later brought together. And they, is this something that happens in nature? I don't know. They said that the two had showed signs lately of having adjusted to each other. Now, I think probably in captivity, more likely. They just yeah. weren't, you know, they weren't used weren't to getting each along. Other. Yeah, exactly. So he killed her, which is pretty Jeez. messed up. <laughs> in front of spectators. Yeah. Uh, pilots and cabin crew have come to blows on an international flight bound for India. The scuffle is said to have begun as an argument in the plane's cockpit over claims of sexual harassment, but spilled into the galley. Wow. That's got to bolster confidence amongst the passengers. Yeah, startling the passengers. One pilot and one air hostess suffered bruises and punches were thrown. They were beating each other up. If anyone is an ultimate fighting champion, and please come forward to the cockpit. In the flight, uh, the incident took place over Pakistan on an Air India flight from the United Arab Emirates to Delhi. Please disregard the full-on brawl taking place in the galley. Uh, with 106 passengers and seven crew on board, Indian police are investigating the incident. Uh, the cabin crew alleged that uh, the pilot sexually harassed... Nothing to see up front. Continue watching Star Trek. A uh, 24-year-old air hostess who filed a complaint once the plane landed, but the Times of Indian newspaper said that the pilots made a counterclaim, saying that the harassment claim was an attempt to divert attention from accusations of misconduct against a male flight attendant. And Air India said that they have ordered an inquiry into the incident and had grounded all the staff That's involved. effed up. Yeah. All right, we'll do one more quick story and then wrap it up. Authorities say that a couple upset over the slowness of their Kentucky Fried Chicken order 
uh, assaulted a man who asked him to stop yelling profanities for the sake of the children in line. The couple's arrested Thursday after witnesses told police that the couple beat the man as he was leaving the restaurant. Because of chicken? Yeah. Well, they were being, yeah. Yeah. They were being loud and obnoxious and using profanities because their order was taking too long. And in a Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, people say that uh, 31-year-old Jared Garfagna uh, punched the man in the head and then Garfagna's girlfriend, Sarah Moan, uh, kicked the man... And the victim had cuts on his eyelid and wrists. Uh, Moan has been charged with assault and battery with a dangerous weapon. Uh, Garfagna has been uh, appear has been ordered to appear in court on assault and battery charges. It's unclear uh, if either has hired an attorney. And there you go. That's what I got in the B file for you this morning, my friends. NMR rocks with Preston and Steve. Earlier this morning, we had uh, in uh, the entertainment stuff. Oh that, yeah, that uh, John Gosselin apparently went and cleaned out the joint bank account. What a what a shady move, man! About two hundred grand, and I guess this is just a couple of days. Pressing after being on uh, Larry King and talking about how he wants to be a better dad and a better role model. And technically, I mean, that's his money, right? It is that's both of their money? But usually, when it's both parties, you know, you would consult the other person before you pull out. He pulled out a couple hundred thousand dollars and. Just just left one thousand dollars yeah. in the account, and, and the word is, is this is the the account that uh, that Kate uses to you know pay the bills out of and all of that. His side is saying no, that there's another account that's used to pay the bills. Oh, really? But um, I don't know, man. Once it gets into this contentious money stage. It's gone. Yeah, I wonder how that goes. I mean, honestly, if you're still married and you decide to separate and you and you you know are are going to go uh, through divorce, it. Uh, can you just grab all the money and take well, it? What they're saying is that they had legally agreed, or I, I, you know, they both. I'm sure they both have pretty decent divorce lawyers. I, I don't think. I, I think for for sure, hers would have advised um, her to to make sure that she covered herself. Isn't this she way. using that uh, Gloria Allred woman who is just a? Is she using Gloria a Allred? Oh, yeah. well, then then she said, "Yeah, don't because this this, this <laughs> don't chick worry. will eat him alive." This has got to happen all the time, though. It's got to happen all oh, the sure. time when people go through a divorce and and uh, a, a good portion of them turn ugly and people hate each other and. It really does come down to uh, to money, and it does. Was, it always does. Was it uh, was it Titus that we had here the other day that oh, went yeah, through yeah, that yeah, ridiculous yeah. divorce? Talking and, about uh, and and Craig Shoemaker, yeah, who, who who is going through this, the same sort of nightmarish thing. It all comes down to money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't we also have and another, the kids have another story where the lady? Um, Took the goldfish and fried them up and ate them. Yes, yeah. that happened too. That's <laughs> I right. Mean, like they were boyfriend, demented. they were boyfriend girlfriend. But, oh, right, right. Uh, but yeah, but she cooked them since they <laughs> bought them together. She cooked the fish and ate them, uh, and uh, there was nothing they could do about it because number one, they're fish, and number two, they had bought them together, so I, the police couldn't charge them. I remember reading an article years ago. I think it was in Esquire, and it was like a guy's preparation for divorce. And basically, the the guy or the lawyer that they had consulting this particular article said, "Bend over and spread your cheeks." No, said like a just. When you're starting to think about it, go for the jugular as quickly as you can. Whoa. But in other words, to position yourself because you want, and, and to me, it seems sort of a cynical view, but it maybe is the correct one. I'm not sure. But basically, the gist of it is, you know, you're, you have to lock down everything as soon as you can. Better to do it and then ask for forgiveness later. Well, but this seems like a really shady move on his part. It, that's if you hate each other, I would think, right? Well, what he, the article contended, the one that I was reading, is that regardless of of how pleasant things are 
when you start dividing things up, mm-hmm. it can get very volatile, especially yeah. the money, especially visitation rights and all that stuff. Yeah. You know? Did, do you think... I, 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 would, I would tend to take the side that would say, listen, let's work this out. Let's be, you know, pleasant and try to be, be civil to each other. This article contended that's not always the case. I bet you that's that's rarely the case. I, I would say you're probably right. Is there a... Um an advantage to taking money out of a joint bank account uh, because well, you know, he will has he it. lose it, though? You know what I mean? Wait, what? what? Will he lose the money? Like, if it's a joint bank account, the divorce goes you know, through, does she get more than half of that? That's all stuff to be argued out in, right? in the divorce proceedings. I don't yeah. know, man, because I, I always hear the argument coming from the guy's you know point of view where it's you know the, you know the bitch took everything you know the bitch you always her, hear yeah, that yeah. you always hear that yeah. um you know and, and a lot of times it's just disgruntled guys saying well, what they think needs to be should be or should be said if you want to right. hear the other side of it let me go to cat who's on the line hi cat good morning hey good morning guys i love you we oh, love you love you what's up cat <laughs> well i'm getting divorced as we speak um and we have some investment accounts with quite a bit of money in there and my soon-to-be ex and I agreed not to touch it, but he spent $30,000 between April and June. Jeez. Really? And, uh, yeah. So, and I couldn't do anything about it because it was joint accounts. So I ended up freezing the accounts, putting everything in my name. Like, he agreed to this, and then I cleaned him out. I took the rest of the money, and he's pretty much screwed now. But so he you... had his fun with his $30,000. Well- Cat, so but the original agreement you you hoped things would be civil and he would honor um, your agreement to to just let everything shake out in the in divorce proceedings. He didn't do that, so you got your retribution. Exactly, All I right. got my uh, my revenge. <laughs> how, how much did you take him to the uh, to the cleaners for? Um, I, uh, probably about $70,000. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you got more than double of what he took in those yeah, two Yeah, I got mine. Now, you, would you have done that had he not have pilfered? Or, and again, if you have a joint account, it's his money as well. But if he had played uh, nice and fair, would you have gone after that money that way? No. If he had played fair, I was completely willing to play fair. Like, you know, we... Right now we're talking and we're friends, but at the time we weren't. But I was ready to be like, you know, split it down the middle, whatever. Yeah, it's so effed up that the dynamic that occurs. This this person that you married, that you loved, exactly. that, that you know, and then and but when you and maybe you know, cat, you can verify this. Suddenly, when you're looking across and all the assets are laid out there, and you're looking at, uh, do you guys have any kids? No, we don't have kids. We have a house. Okay, so. as you're looking at the house, you're looking at the assets. It starts to become black and white, and and. Uh, do you, do you see where this stuff sort of happens? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, just, you gotta, I don't know, you can't trust that person anymore, that's the problem. Isn't that, it's just wild, it's wow. just wild how, how things just hang a complete 180. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Especially if somebody so, you vowed to be with. Just you guys know that, but, uh, All right. I'm well, listening th- to you, you guys are fabulous. Oh, Thanks, thank Kat. you. We'll talk to you later. Uh, got more than he did. Yeah, let me go to, uh, John. Hey, John, how you doing? Hey, bitches. Hey, hey what? What's up, John? Not much. How you guys doing? Good, man. Go ahead. I have a story. Uh, when I was 10 years old, my parents were separated, and um, my mom and dad had a joint, uh, I guess, safe deposit box yeah. with about tens of thousands of dollars worth of bonds for my brother and I when they mature. Okay. My, my dad went in there and forged both the signatures and took them all from us. Well, he committed a felony, didn't yeah. he? No, 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 because... We went to court over it multiple times, and I think the last court meeting for it was when I was about 18 years old, and we never got a dime back from it. Well, he forged he forged signatures. It, they said that the fault was at the lady at the bank that she let him do it, and the bank didn't care. 
Really? Jesus. Eight, about eight years going to court for this exact matter. Cause that was, again, so then, John, is it, it, when somebody goes in with a gun oh. and robs a bank, yes. is it the fault of the bank because they let him go out with <laughs> no, the money? I, I agree with you completely. Yeah. But the bank said that they're not at fault for it, even though the lady was new and she didn't know that that's the, the policy was for both of the... You got rooked, John. John, do you have a relationship with your dad anymore after that? Um, I speak to him, but he's a tool, and I couldn't care less one way or the other what happens to him. But Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. Oh, okay. Jeez. All right, thanks, man. Wow, stealing from your own kids. That's pretty freaking low, man. You know what? Also, you look at the morass of, of legal crap that, you know, uh, who are we talking to? Um... Uh, some like in the seventh or eighth year of 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 a divorce, nine nine going on eight nine years, mm -hmm. arguing over property and all that stuff, and and here, you know, I mean, when you somebody you love becomes someone you absolutely hate, like like again, Alec Baldwin and Kim Bastier, one of the absolute most acrimonious divorces in Hollywood, they effing hate each other. Yeah, how does it get that way? Yeah, I wonder how much they ended up spending on their divorce, or are probably still currently spending. Probably more than than the the assets they were originally arguing over. And yeah. in Pennsylvania, like I I know you know we talked about it before, but like the, you can drive through Jersey and literally in, in strip malls, it's like uh, no fault divorces, low cost mediators. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's only a few hundred dollars. But you know, I once you start fighting over anything, and you, and the lawyers start getting involved and racking up lawyer hours, you're off and running. It's just got to cost tens of thousands of dollars very, very quickly. Keeping a lawyer like on retainer to yeah. do work like that yeah. is oh, incredibly man. expensive. I wonder, I wonder if some of these long, drawn-out divorces, if it's actually the lawyer's fault that there's so much animosity. Like, if that's that's what feeds it, it you know what I mean? Well, I, case, I don't doubt it. I'm sure there's some very reputable lawyers who look for an expeditious um, uh, you know, decision process, and process. Yeah. Yeah. And there are some who are going to look for billable hours. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. also say, look, you got to get them for this. you got to get them for yeah. that. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, and I think, Case, most uh, divorces are long and drawn out. I had heard, and I don't know how true this is, that the average, uh, that <coughs> divorce takes an average of four years. To four, be four years? From, yeah. the, from, the, from the first filing for, I until guess. It's until it's final. Well, yeah. Remember when we had, we had our MILF and DILF mixer uh, last year, I think, and there was a woman I was talking to. There were a number of divorced people that were there. And uh, a woman uh, got up for one of our contests, and she announced that her divorce had just been finalized the like day that, before, yeah. and it had taken four years oh. for that to happen. I can't even imagine going through that legal crap for that amount of time. So he takes this money, he takes it out of the account, all right? It's the joint account, yeah. though they, you would assume they would have had an agreement that... Uh, that's, I thought I'd heard that neither party would touch that money. Yeah, maybe. Is he in, if, is he in violation of the law for doing that? I don't know. The lawyer, her lawyer says he can't do something like that. But I mean, and also I'm wondering if he asked for cash or if he got it transferred to another account or well, what? But I mean, if it's a joint account and his name is on it, he has every right to go in and take but money out. Did, were, was there, yes, you're right. I, in other words, I can't, I can't believe that her lawyer, that Kate's lawyer wouldn't have said, listen, we need to take this step to protect her from doing something mm -hmm. like that. Let's get both parties to sign off on this. To just let that money sit there. Yeah. Yeah. It just, especially with his erratic behavior. Yeah. It just seems stupid. Hang on, let me go to uh, Mike. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, how are you? Good, man. What's up? Well, you know, uh, a few years ago, uh, I told my wife that I wanted a divorce. There was no uh, adultery or anything. She and I agreed in the very beginning that if we ever, did, we ever decided we weren't going to go the long haul anymore, that we were going to be upfront and forward with each other. And I told her, I said, hon, you know, I think uh, we need to get a divorce. And I didn't realize that that was probably more damaging than actually having an affair or something like that. 
but uh, she decided she was going to take me to the cleaners. Uh, when she filed, she filed for divorce within a week, and uh, in the divorce paper, she wanted everything. She wanted me to continue to make all the the utility payments, the the mortgage payment, the car payment, child support, alimony, and she wanted me to move out. Of course, she so, wanted it all. So, Mike, you thought that you sort of had a gentleman's agreement about uh, about keeping things on the up and up, and that immediately went away the second you said you wanted a divorce. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure she went, when she went to this attorney, the attorney said, you know what, take them for everything and see what you get. You know, we'll meet us some type of compromise. Well, since the house, I owned the house before we were married, I went to the bank and refinanced the house, and I probably had about $60,000 of the equity in the house. I went and paid off all the debt, and I went and bought myself a truck, and there was nothing left. <laughs> Wait, Jesus. Mike, why did, when you say you wanted the divorce, why was that more damaging than you alluded to, like, even possibly having an affair? Why does that count against you so badly? You know, I, I, my female friends tell me that uh, that was the, the worst thing I could have told her because she takes that as a personal rejection. At least if I had had an adult, uh, adulterous relationship with someone else, she could blame that other person. But it was all her. I just I that, that in a bizarre wow. way sort of makes convoluted sense. Yeah, it can. yeah. That's why I think most men should then who are con contemplating divorce find some side action, <laughs> get a little peace. Yes, make it seems to be a good legal move. Like cushion the Can you produce your side action? <laughs> Well, then, of course, we're going to be very generous to you in this final process. You can't enough to F someone else. Well, I'm uh, I'm, I'm interested to see if uh, him going in and taking the 200 Gs out of that account, uh, even though it's a joint account, has some kind of backfire to it because it's, uh, you know, uh, I mean, that's cleaning all the money out right away. So it's it's going to be interesting. We'll have to see. We'll keep an eye on that. All right. Well, listen, we do have a guest on the line that we need to talk to. We've had a chance to speak to him before. Very nice guy. Had him in the studio. Once. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. I'll run down a, a list of uh, of some movies just to remind you of uh, his uh, awesome career. Uh, let's see here. The Legend of Billie Jean, Heathers, Young Guns 2, Pump Up the Volume. Oh, yeah. Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, uh, Untamed Heart. That's one of my That's favorite. one of your favorites. With favorites. the uh, monkey heart, right? Yes, the, yeah. ba the baboon heart, right. yes. Uh, True Romance, Interview with a Vampire. I could keep going on, but mainly he's here to talk about The Forgotten, which is the new show on ABC, which you see Tuesday nights. Please welcome Mr. Christian Slater yeah. to the show. This morning. All right. Hey. Good morning. How's it going? Great, man. How you doing? Very good, Preston and Steve. Oh, uh, dude, listen. So, uh, you know, I mentioned all the all the films that you've been in, and uh, now, you know, being a regular on a television show, is this uh, is this a uh, totally different experience than doing that kind of work? Uh, I can't really see the vast, huge difference, uh, other than it, you know, it comes on every Tuesday at ten o'clock on ABC. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that's really the only difference. I mean, the bottom line is there's still a camera and a crew and a whole team of people that helps to put the whole thing together. Well, you you, you had a show last season, which I was watching. It was called My Own Worst Enemy. I, I, I enjoyed that, but they didn't really give it a good run. Sure, sure. And and uh, it, were you a little bit leery to go right into a, a, another project in the, in the uh, same sort of vein? Not really. I mean, uh, when... Jerry Bruckheimer is involved um, yeah. <laughs> with something like this. Uh, he's uh, I'm a huge fan of his, and um, he called and told me about this particular project. I was you know, very interested and intrigued, and uh, I'm kind of like a Babe Ruth, you know, just keep stepping up to the plate and keep swinging until you, you know, you connect with the ball, and it's all about finding a good team of people. And um, well, well, Bruckheimer certainly a, a, has a good track record with this, and there seems to be sort of an, a never-ending... 
uh, appetite with the audiences. They love these sort of, of crime dramas. He does all the CSIs. Absolutely, and this one is really based somewhat on reality. I mean, there are actually organizations and people that do this. There's 40,000 John and Jane Doe's across the country. It really is a, a national crisis, and there was an organization that was established after 9-11 called NamUs.gov. And these, 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 are, these are the uh, unidentified or forgotten sort of uh, victims, I guess, and, and that's what your organi the organization in the show goes... Exactly. I mean, there's all these cases that the police don't have the time or the manpower to really um, solve and, and figure out. So what they do is they hand these cases to these volunteers and these people actually go out there and take whatever evidence they have to work with and do what they can to put the pieces of these people's lives together and help to really give a, a, a voice back to people who can no longer use their own. Oh, Christian, there's a there's a well-known case in Philadelphia. It's oh. the uh, the boy in the box. You guys know yes, that one. Yes, yeah, that, right. That, this one goes back like 50-some-odd years or something like that. Are you guys going to, in, in the in the show, tackle you know some of those really old cases, or is it mainly you know uh, people that are found within the past few months that, that wow. you go after? I think, uh, without a doubt, uh, I mean, the, the case that we're working on right now... Um, uh, is it's about ten months old, uh, and we're working with a with a skull. Basically, that's all we have to to start with. So, I mean, as we'll go as far back as uh, as possible. Have you have you visited some of the um, the uh, the groups that are involved with this uh, stuff? Because they 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 have some freaky practices and ways that they learn their craft. Yeah, yeah, no, we, um, we did, uh, sit down with a guy, um, from an organization called the Eden Network, which stands for Everybody Deserves a Name, and, um, they've been in operation for years and years, and, I mean, he was telling us about cases where, you know, he would, he would, he would take this skull and use whatever technology and DNA abilities that they have today to, to try and put those pieces of the puzzle together, and the only tricky thing was just sort of traveling, you know, through, across the country with a skull and getting it through, <laughs> getting the it through the airport security, yeah. Yes, exactly. Those were, those were odd moments for him. I know that some of these, like, I guess, coroners and some of these people who do the, who, who um, you know, who do this sort of um, CSI sort of detection stuff, they actually have... Like uh, uh, I guess uh, tracts of land where they put bodies out and let them decay naturally. Body farms. Yeah. Body farms. Mm. Have you ever visited anything like that? I've never visited uh, a body farm. No. Uh <laughs> Would you like to go? Because <laughs> we're giving away tickets all week. No. Very, very interesting. Uh, I mean, if, if something like that does come up in the future, you know, and, and it will be helpful for the show, uh, that, that that could be fascinating. I've definitely <laughs> shot scenes in in morgues and and places like that. I mean, this business does take you into some pretty uh pretty weird territory. What was the freakiest you've been in? Well, you know, like I said, the the morgue is definitely an uncomfortable place to shoot. Right, uh, yeah. Especially, you know, an active one. I mean, that's that's uh it just it's it's odd and uncomfortable and and uh it's part of life, though. <laughs> it's part of your life, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of everybody's life, really. <laughs> yeah. So when this, uh, while while you're shooting this, obviously this is a focus of what you're doing on, uh, on an acting scale. Uh, do uh, are, are movies an option, or you just have to put that to the side? Uh, yeah, I mean the 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 schedule when you're involved in something like this is is pretty much all consuming. So for me, it's it's you know my opportunity to present my work all takes place on Tuesday nights at ten. Well, the, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the show and uh you know we, we're doing some research obviously on you and on, on the series and, and this thing popped out I, did, I don't know why this never caught my eye before but you were originally up for the eric draven role in the film the crow um well yeah i mean yeah. i was 
uh, obviously that was a long time ago yeah. but uh, yeah that was that was definitely that was definitely a weird weird moment and sure I, I loved that movie and and thought it was uh, thought it was absolutely amazing but certainly yeah, at the time I mean there were a number of actors that were that were on a particular list I'm sure for that particular w part. were you on a short list because with with what happened to uh, Brandon Lee that's that's it's a pretty amazing uh, chain I, I of don't events. know. I don't know exactly the uh, the the placement of right. where I was on the list, but um, certainly, yeah, I was I was um, being considered at the time for for that particular right, part. right. And then you would have ended up being a Halloween costume. Had you <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. The Christian Slater Halloween costume. We, we've already started going to. We went to a haunted house this this weekend, and and uh, that whole thing started up in October. And I know you have two kids. Do they get it? Do they get into the uh, the Halloween spirit? Uh, yeah, they love it. They love it. Uh, you know, my son is always very helpful, and and uh, he actually buys me my costumes and or picks them out anyway. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, last year, you know, he had the whole Batman outfit for me. And uh, really, oh yeah. And yeah, do yeah, you yeah. do you stay at home and hand out the candy, or do you go? Do you take them around? Or I take them around, and uh, there's there's neighborhoods. I think. Well, last year we were in London, and uh, there's some great neighborhoods in London that are just really, really set up. Uh, Beautifully for Halloween. And they they have they have a similar uh, procedure. There's nothing bizarre. Nothing. You have to be naked when you trick or retreat in London. Or uh, no, no. I mean, maybe in certain areas <laughs> it might be requirement. Might be a requirement. But, uh, yeah. You know, we stayed out of that uh, territory. Right. Okay. Can yeah. understand it. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, as you said, Tuesday nights, ten o'clock on ABC is where we'll be able to see the uh, the forgotten. How about the uh, the other cast members? Are, are anybody that we know, or is it? Uh... Uh, well, let's see. There's uh, Heather Stevens, Anthony Kerrigan. Michelle Eights, Michelle Borth, Bob Stevenson. But the great thing about the show is, is it's it's a show about you know people like people like you and me. Anybody can do this. I mean, Bob Stevenson plays a telephone repairman. Anthony's a former medical student. Heather's a school teacher. Michelle is an office worker. And they're just okay. doing this on their own time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're volunteers. They're doing something that's very noble. I think. Okay, cool, man. Well, uh, we wish you the best of luck, and I'll definitely be watching that, Christian. Thanks Thank so much. You got it, man. Take care. Christian Slater game. Yeah. And uh, Tuesday, you'll be able to see that, and uh, that's on ABC. 10 o'clock is uh, when that's going to be popping up. MMR Rocks with Preston and Steve. Oh, I need to congratulate. Uh, I got an email, and uh, it says Nick Voigt. Now, Nick is our friend from uh, the uh, South Philly String Band. Yep. yep. Uh, it says, uh, hey, guys, I'm a friend of Nick, and I want to let you know that he and his wife, Gloria, had the first child on hey. Thursday night Aww. last week. Awesome. I didn't and, even know she was pregnant. Uh, little Nicky Voigt. Is little Nicky Voigt. Yep, Little Nicky Voigt. Uh, Why aren't you a Little Nicky Voigt? His uh, stats were 7.1 pounds, 19 and a half inches. Thought maybe you could give him a shout-out on the air. Uh, if not, no big deal, but if you decide to... Is there any way you can give me a general time when you might? Well, I'm doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> Listen um, now. You'll get it. Anyhow, uh, it was sent in by uh, Chris uh, Stensler, who wanted to say congrats. And we do as well, Nick. Congratulations to you guys. That's really cool. Uh, another quick one says, hey, guys, uh, Preston Steve had to write and share this story with you. This weekend, I went out to Lancaster to visit friends from college. After spending the day shopping and catching up, we went back to my friend's house and uh, we went there to watch a movie. We were looking through her Netflix, Watch It Now, and came across the awesomeness that is Mega Shark versus oh. Giant Octopus. <laughs> I let out a huge laugh, and I said, we have to watch that. After some pleading, my friends gave in, and I can't even begin to explain how much my friends and I 
loved this movie. See? When the shark jumped out of the water to bite the 747, <laughs> we died laughing for 15 minutes, and I think my one friend peed a little bit. After it the, happens. After the movie was over, all of my friends were asking me how I discovered this masterpiece, and I told them about your show, and I'm pretty sure that you have some new Lancaster fans simply based on the discovery of Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Uh, you have to have a viewing party of this amazingly awful film. Love your show, Bing Dar, uh, and that is Ellen from Manny uh, She says, uh, that, by the way, the next time, she says, P.S., the next time you watch uh, MS versus Geo, notice that in the first scene with Deborah Gibson, her yeah. left hand in the close-up shot when she is pushing buttons has dark nail polish, but her right hand in the wide shot where she is driving the sub has no nail polish at oh. all. And that it is what? She's totally goth. There are continuity issues in Mega yeah. Shark versus China. Uh, the, best, the best thing in that sequence uh is that she's supposedly piloting the submarine, but they never get a shot where she's looking at the console. Right. Because right? so, they didn't want to spend money on actually building a console. Oh, oh you're no kidding, kidding. So she's kind of just holding a throttle. Right. You know, and she's she's looking around, but you don't see the window she's looking out of, and they keep cutting to stock footage. Well, they uh, we have a, a tentative date, hopefully in November, that we are going to do a screening of this at the Trocadero. So For Thanksgiving. We'll, we'll let you know exactly. Seems appropriate. Doesn't know when that is, is going to happen. <laughs> hey, by the way, speaking of movies, apparently me and half of the staff uh, here all watched the same movie this week. You weekend. did, because oh, you've all been talking about it. Yeah. Well, Maybe it was the first time that it was, I think it was it on Showtime. I don't know. I just I, I I was just flipping through the channels and I saw that it was on. But it was Seven Pounds with Will Smith. Yeah, and I like Will Smith. He's a he's a really good actor. He's I, solid. I, I remember when this came out. It was um, it, it it did okay. Yeah. And it seemed very, at least what they were trying to push as far as the storyline, it seemed kind of convoluted. I watched it, Kathy watched it, Chuck watched it, and we didn't know until we just started talking a little while ago. Uh, I and, and I spoke to you, Steve, when I first called you last night right. to chat about this week. And I'd been watching it for about an hour, and I said, have you seen this movie? You're like, eh, not really. And I said, well, I've been watching it for an hour, and I still don't know what the hell this thing is about. I, I could not. It was really? dry. Yeah, it was driving me nuts. What you had it figured out? Not figured out, but it, it was kind. Of, I mean, that's the whole point of it. I didn't. I wasn't confused or anything like that. I was. It kind of jumped around, and I didn't. I mean, I ended up liking the movie at the end. Yeah, but me you too. Know, you, were, really you like have it. to wait to the absolute ass end of the movie before you appreciate it. Pretty much so. Yeah, it's is weird. That, I, I mean, so. I, I've been hearing you talk about this, and and you know how you have to have this patience, and you have to watch this movie all the way to the end, and then hearing Kathy talk about it and how she loved it. Like I'm just sort of blown away because I figured Kathy would have just tuned out 25 minutes in. She goes, I loved it. I and did. I like, really? I, re I really liked it a lot. Well, yeah. I was put off by the uh, the Inquirer's review. <laughs> where she Wait, seven I'm, pounds I of remember, ass. But I don't remember... <laughs> Any of that because it it did. You said it did okay. It did well in the theaters. It did okay. It didn't. It didn't have a long run. And I think maybe on its first week, it was maybe number one. And then uh, word of mouth sort of yeah, might just, have killed it a little bit. It kind of came and went. Yeah, you know, it didn't stick around, and it wasn't one of those. Oh, you got to see. They're this working on an eight pounds though. Kind of movies, honey. Oh yeah, what was the what was the Inquirer review? <laughs> seven, seven pounds of ass. Seven three pounds pound of crap bag, yeah. in a three pound bag. No, that's what Steve said that they should have called it. <laughs> I don't know, I, but I tell you, you liked what, it. I tell you what, and it, I, I not giving anything away, but one of the most interesting death scenes, and I'm not saying who in the movie dies, yeah. but, but one of the most Very. interesting death scenes that I've ever seen. Steve, <laughs> does it involve eating an inner tube? No, oh, okay, oh, man, but that would be, be pretty cool. 
But I, but I mean, this how how a particular character dies in this movie? <gasps> Would you say the best suicide? Well, I didn't say it was suicide, but you did. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, I was just saying death. Uh, spoiler. It's okay. I was trying not to spoil anything, but anyhow, it's. But I know that like some like his family dies, right? Uh, in the beginning of the movie. No, no. Stop no. talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I know, but it's... Uh, it, I just it, saw a little bit of it. One of the most interesting deaths I've ever seen does take place in that movie. All right, uh, well, we move on uh, to a guest that we have, and uh, he may die on stage. I don't know. <laughs> I don't no, think so. I mean, not literally die. I mean, die off the oh, show. They may the kill show, him okay. off the show. I don't know. Get voted off. That's what they call it on Dancing with the Stars. Well, you get killed off. Oh, <laughs> They kill you off. They kill yeah. you off stage. Yeah. Uh, but Dancing with the Stars, yes, is the show that we're talking about. And uh, our next guest has had a uh, a couple of uh, couple of nicknames throughout his career: the Hammer and Hot Tub Tom, from what I understand. <laughs> but right now, he's the Dancing Fool. Please welcome Tom Delay yeah! to the show this morning. Good morning, Tom. Uh, good morning. How are y'all? Good. Sorry to say that you would be killed off the show. I didn't uh, quite mean that. Thanks, <laughs> me. I got a great dance tonight. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah, it's a samba. It's a it's a lighthearted, fun samba that. Cheryl Burke, my partner, is going to be the Democrat, and I'm going to be the Republican. <laughs> wow. Uh, We're dancing to uh, Why Can't We Be Friends. Ah, okay. Tom, by the way, you you got the best gal on that show, man. Dude, she is the greatest. She's smart. She's pretty. She can choreograph a, a, a tough uh, song in, in less than 30 minutes. It's pretty amazing what, what she's able to do. Yeah, does she does she crack the whip on you when it's uh, time to rehearse? Oh, yeah. She's a taskmaster, but I need that. I need somebody that can talk to me bad. <laughs> does, does she? Does she? Does she know? I mean, is she, was she familiar with your political career at all? Did she know? No, not at all. She's totally apolitical. Oh, really? So that you don't you don't have any political discussions with her whatsoever? Well, sure. What else am I going to talk about? <laughs> you have nothing else to talk about. Right. Uh, so, but so, I mean. Some people are saying, and we've heard this. Obviously, you know, you're you you might be considered what is a, a, a long shot, uh, but you know, other other long shots have risen to win it. But there are yeah. some people who are, who are saying, if you get voted out early, that means we're not going to be able to see Cheryl a lot because yeah. she's one of the the main hotties. Yeah, so, people but, vote for Cheryl too, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. What what are you doing to combat that? I mean, how many uh, how many hours do you spend rehearsing on the dances? Well, I've got pretty bad feet right now, so I don't. Uh, rehearse as much as the other cast members. I I can only get in about four hours. Uh, four uh, hours a week? A day. Oh, four a day. hours a day. There's no Wait, way he's just doing oh, four hours and learning all that. You you had to go to the, the to the doctor about your fee, right? Yeah, I've got a stress fracture in my right foot, and my left foot went out the day before yesterday. So oh. I, <laughs> I'm hoping I can even dance tonight. Well, I mean, we hear about all these people getting injuries on the show, and they were supposed to institute a, a lighter rehearsal schedule, but that's not helping you at all. No, it's not helping at all. <laughs> I got to tell you, and and uh, it it puts me back. But I'm I'm ready for this dance if if my feet will let me dance it. Now, with that kind of workout, you're talking about four hours, and and and, and we've seen a track record with the show over and over. People lose a tremendous amount of weight. I've, uh, lost, I've lost about twenty three pounds. Twenty three pounds. Jesus. Now, now, here's what I ask you, Tom, because when I when I work out, uh, you know, in a half hour, I'm sweating gallons. <laughs> and and are you dripping wet by the time you're you're oh, done? That, yeah, yeah I, I, I smell like a field hand. <laughs> now, does does that phase Cheryl at all? 
Uh, no, because she's glowing, too. <laughs> well, okay. she glows and you're sweating like a pig. There's right. the difference, right? <laughs> ladies, ladies glow. Yeah, ladies glow. Would, would you ever work up a sweat like that when you were the uh, House Majority Leader? Uh, sometimes on a tough vote. I, I have to run dead, dead out speed all across the floor trying to get people to vote right. R right, right. But, I mean, not, as, you, as you compare them side by side, which is the more difficult of the two? I, they're both about the same. I got to tell you that the challenge is the same. The work the work towards uh, getting a bill passed is is really tough work. So uh, it's about the same, and and waiting for the votes to come in is is, is also excruciating. Well, what have, what have your uh, any of your confidence uh, uh, had to say about you joining this show? I mean, uh, I'm sure you've got support from longtime friends, but have yes. caught a little ribbing. Yeah, have, have you uh, have people oh, yeah. been busting you a little bit? They think I'm crazy, but they also know me, and they say only delay would do this. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, well, I was doing a little research on you, and I'm obviously familiar with your with your uh, with your long political career, but I didn't realize um, that you got your start in the pest control industry. I did. I killed bugs for a living. You killed bugs for a living, and this is in for politics. <laughs> it's perfect for politics. I mean, yeah. did, did you you had a good successful run with that? I mean, you were. Yeah, I had a pretty good little business going before I got into politics. Are you familiar with stink bugs? Because we have a real problem with them up this way. Yeah, don't squash them. Yeah. Don't, don't, what, what, now, why don't you squash them? <laughs> because they stink. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that they release a pheromone that attracts other stink bugs. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> All right. Oh, All right. Well, do you think, uh, Tom, with you uh, jumping on board with Dancing with the Stars, that maybe uh, in following seasons this might pave the way for more political types? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think uh, politicians, they'll be able to get more politicians to come on. Hey, the, only hey. the only problem is, uh, unless you're out of politics, um, you don't have the time to do this. Sure. Have, have any of the others, uh, you know, either that are that are getting towards the end of the career that you've talked with or people who have uh, gotten out of politics, you know, said, I'd like to do that? No, not yet. <laughs> not one. <laughs> well, there was a name that was uh, bandied about not too long ago, which was uh, um, Ron, Rob Blavogolevich, yeah, the uh, former governor of uh, Illinois. And uh, I saw an interview with him recently on The Daily Show, and that guy seems to be uh, pretty much badass crazy. Have you ever dealt with him uh, or, or had any encounters with him over the years? Oh, yeah. He was in the Congress before he became governor of Illinois. Is he nuts? Uh <laughs> He is, uh, he is a hoot, that's for sure. He's a hoot. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that, that's a Texas way of saying he's out of his freaking mind. You're not in office anymore. You don't have to give a politically correct <laughs> answer. You know, you can slam the guy if you want. No, I don't like slamming people. <laughs> well, he, he, he wanted to be on that show, help him a celebrity get me out of here or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and couldn't do it. The judge said, no, um, you really aren't supposed to be doing that. <laughs> Tom, what is the Rio Bend? Rio Bend is, is a community of homes for foster children that my wife and I have built down in Richmond, Texas, uh, trying to change the foster care system. Oh. So, the, so it's homes where, where children actually go to live? Yes. Okay. And it's a permanent place for them to live. It's really, foster kids have a really tough time being moved from home to home to home to home, and we want to give them a permanent, stable, loving home. Wow, I thought it was a dance move. So, <laughs> no, it's not. The Rio Bend. Yeah, it, it could be. It could be, yeah. You could do it. We have Cheryl create something for you and call it the Rio Bend. <laughs> well, if I get through tonight, I get to dance the Texas two-step next week. That's well, there right. you go. You're born for that one. Well, they're they're uh, now introducing some new dances on the show. Yeah, that one. Are, are you uh, uh, are you pretty good at the two-step being from Texas, Tom? Well, it, it can't be 
in politics and not do the Texas two-step. It's true. Right, right. I well, can't wait to see you stomp the yard. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of politics, uh, you know, you often hear uh, that uh, people don't want to hear uh, entertainer, entertainers and, and uh, them and their politics, but how about politicians in our entertainment? Well, you know, politics is, is uh, showbiz, too, and so it's not much different than show business, and uh, I think I think it's great for politicians to kind of push aside some of these entertainers and show them that we can do things, too. Sure, yeah, I mean, and, and certainly you got enough press on this. I I, I can't wait to see uh, James Carville doing the, <laughs> doing the tango. <laughs> Or maybe Bill Clinton. Or maybe Bill Clinton. Oh, that'd be yeah, that'd awesome. be a score. Yeah. Tom, I, I did want to ask because uh, you obviously know about lobbyists, but how hard did you have to lobby to, to uh, get into this show? Oh, I didn't lobby at all. They called me out of the blue. Get out. Yeah, they called me out of the blue. I was totally shocked when they called me, but it only took me about 10 minutes to agree to it because I thought this is the coolest thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right, man. Well, are you you're dancing tonight, Tom? I'm trying. I'm, I hope I can dance. I'm going to be. My feet are going to be on ice all day long. And, wow! And I'm just praying that I can dance tonight. Well, good. Good luck, man. Well, Hang do good just yeah. so we can see Cheryl some more on the show. All right? Yeah. <laughs> He's down with that. All right. Best of luck to you, Tom. Thanks for coming Thank on this. You. All right. Thanks. You got it, Tom Delay. Yeah. yeah. He is on Dancing with the Stars. The Preston and Steve Show on ninety-three-three WMMR. I have some uh, cool news that uh, our friends at Comcast have put up a whole bunch of new stuff on uh, the uh, Preston and Steve portion of On Demand, digital, which you get with uh, Comcast Digital Cable. Awesome. And uh, there's also a new navigation to get to it. Uh, you go to Comcast On Demand, uh, click on Get Local, then click on Entertainment, and then you will find the Preston and Steve button and click on that. And we have a whole bunch of things that are up there. We have, uh, now we're putting some, uh, interviews because, uh, they're being filmed here in the studio. Yeah. yeah. Via our web cameras and also, uh, intern, uh, Nick. What's Nick's last name? Murphy. Murphy. Nick Murphy or Zach Galifianakis, yes. as we call him. Murph. Uh, but you can, uh, you can take a look at this stuff and there's interviews with like, uh, Kevin Pollack and George Takei. And then there's live performances too because Jet, uh, they played a couple of songs. We have that available as well. Uh, Robin Wilson of the Gin Blossoms, and he played Hey Jealousy. We have the Granny Grand Prix video up. Uh, Seth Green, when he was in here, and it actually, Seth takes a little tour of our <laughs> yeah, office yeah. and checks out Steve's <clears throat> My uh, toys. action figures, <laughs> and that's on there. And then uh, some of the members of the show uh, riding around in the Granny Grand Prix, and the Casey Zubba Zane video wow. is on there as well, the Zubba Zane remix. I watched that with my kids over the weekend. On on demand? Yeah, because Tim cool. Graham uh, sent me a text message that said, you're a stud, Zubba Zane is on uh, Comcast. Uh, nice. on demand. Yeah, so I, I was like, you know what? My kids love seeing me or themselves on the camera, you know, like on TV or, or on the computer or whatever. My so. favorite part is when you jump up and your gut flops out. Oh, I love that. Uh, from <laughs> underneath your shirt. That is uh, my favorite part. If you would like to see that. And Shows you have, you're real. And you have Comcast. You know, uh, one of these pretty boys. Go to On Demand, click on Get Local, then click on Entertainment, and then you will see the Preston and Steve button. And there's a, a number of uh, of cool vids that you will be able to check out. Nick found this, uh, this particular uh, list. Which I totally love, and I don't know—is this from Cracked or is it? Oh, no, uh, uh, Spike TV. Spike TV. Yeah. Okay, it is the top ten movies that douchebags love, and immediately I started to think of movies that maybe douchebags might love. Now, some of them 
are actually pretty good movies, but for some reason... There's something that attracts douchebags to it as well who don't get why it's a good movie. Exactly. And uh, as I was looking through the list a little bit of it, Preston, and yeah, it occurred to me, he's like, wait a second, I like a lot of these movies. I know, but some of them yield large groups of douchey people, yeah. uh, douche canoes, uh, <laughs> that love these particular movies. And uh, I, I wanted to see, you know, not only which ones you think would be on this list, but also ones that, that maybe have been... Uh, uh, left off of this list um i can give you a couple of them here to let you know number 10 i don't agree with but uh old school See, which is a movie that i old love school is a great movie and we've quoted it many times but then again there might be people who just try to live it you know what i mean yeah. and yeah. they're and they are the douchebags that love that particular movie and uh will spout off lines from it constantly yeah yeah although we have been known to drop lines from it all the we time. do it constantly now th their explanation of why it's a douchebag movie uh, i think holds some credence i'll read some of it. it says this one seems benign enough it's just a, a good old-fashioned comedy starring will ferrell vince vaughn and a bunch of guys reliving their glory days ferrell winds up taking an animal tranquilizer in the ass vaughn makes his kids throw bricks Attached to their Johnsons yeah, off yeah. of the roof, and Luke Wilson sleeps with a minor. What's not to love? The problem is that douchebags love this movie for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> they love it because Snoop Dogg makes an appearance, and because it takes place in a fraternity. They love it because it reminds them of their favorite pastime, binge drinking. And last but not least, they love it because the unrated version has girls with their tops off. Uh, not that there is anything wrong with that, but old school is more than the sum of its parts, even if its parts are lovely to behold. Uh, leave it to the douchebags to make their mark on a film that would otherwise be a pure specimen of comedy. Uh, and it says, uh, Todd Phillips, the director, deserves a light slap on the wrist for casting Sean William Scott, even if he only has a cameo. Scott has a face only a douchebag could love. Oh, no, I disagree with that. I disagree. Yeah, I, I like yeah. Sean William Scott a lot. Here's another one. Number nine is Garden State. Which I've never seen. I've seen I've little seen portions yeah, of it, and I'm like, it it's good. It's yeah. an indie film. It's a uh, uh, Zach uh, uh, Brand, right? Yeah, yeah, right. He 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 did it and wrote it and directed it, and it has a low key comedic tone to it. Right, very low key. But it says uh, it basically goes on to say that uh, if you profess to liking this, uh, then you're trying too hard to say that you're a sensitive male. That's what and, I thought. Okay, and that it's a little pretentious in that regard. It also has a soundtrack that has a lot of uh, of uh, sort of alt and and indie artists <laughs> the on shins, it. Right? The shins, right? Yeah. Shins, a big they one. Came yeah. Out of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? If I didn't see the movie, I wouldn't have found out that I like the shins. But you know what? I'm not that guy that likes every single song that the shins do. Yeah, I've got like five of their songs that. Uh, that so you're. Are, you're a manly man, but not as much. You don't you don't go full tilt for the shins. No, 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 not at all. But I, yeah. I take their best songs. I, I think a lot of their songs sound the same. Hang on, let me go to uh, Chris. Hey, Chris, you're on the air. Rise up, gonna buy big trucks. <laughs> <laughs> Damn good, dude. Damn good. What's yeah, up, Chris? I'm a little hyper. I just down a, about six Red Bulls. No. <laughs> nice, bro. All right, so. Uh, no, uh. Wedding crashers, man. Come on. Every douchebag I know is like, you know, I'm going to wear a tight uh, polo shirt, go around and pick up chicks. It's simple. You just sound like retards when they talk about it. Yeah, so, and I, I, can, I can see some of this uh, where yep. this list is coming from because you almost are embarrassed sometimes from the people who like Because I love wedding crashers. Yeah. But I love it for a lot of the other scenes that uh, aren't the ones that are always picked up on. Right. And But the guys that... Are, that Here's the deal. The guys that try to be the people in the movies, oh, they're the douchebags. They're douche the douchebags. 
Olympics, and we knew like oh. the, uh, King Douchebag. Well, who who loved? Well, I'm sure this movie's got to be on the list. Well, when it, when I first heard about this list, uh, Nick had it. We hadn't seen what movies were on it. The one that I mentioned, I, I knew had to be on there, is the one that that guy liked. Yeah, and it's number six on the it list. Is. It's Swingers. And we knew somebody who tried to live the swinger lifestyle. Like, seriously? No, no, no. Well, like the yeah. guy, like Vince Vaughn and Sean Favreau in the movie. And, yeah, like, yeah, seriously. Yeah, he bought a fedora. He bought a fedora. He took swing swing lessons. Every time this goddamn guy would come in, he used to produce the show years ago at the the beginning of the the Preston and Steve show. It was Preston, Marilyn, and Steve at that time. Yeah. He, He was the producer. Hey, man, did you go out and swing dance this weekend? No, man, I didn't do that. Well, then why you take? He would never go dance. He just wanted to be taking the lessons, right? So it looked like he was hip, and and he was he was you know uh, oh so money. He would just throw yeah. away that he throw the Which, lines. What kind around. of jack is that? I mean, what, what kind of jack you make off that? And he'd throw around all the dialogue. It's like I wanted to club him like a seal. It yeah. was like he was watching the movie and going, hmm, I like the way that sounds. Let me, all right, Jack for money. I'm gonna, yeah, gonna, you're so money, <laughs> baby. And he you know he he he'd refer. He was he thought he was Vince Vaughn in Swingers. And in fact, I remember. Remember, uh, your brother said this. Uh, he read his bio on on our website, and what did he say to you? He's like, "What is this guy? What does this guy live? Swingers? He yeah, he's my, in the movie? my brother he who's didn't in even Cal- mention the movie. Never even swingers. met the dude, and it didn't mention swingers in right. his bio. The best was though, we were at a a concert at uh, Electric Factory. It was for uh, when we were at Y one hundred. So he comes, he comes, showing up like like he's wearing his. His swing clothing. Oh, he's got his long chain. He's got his fedora. And uh, Matt Cowper here at the at the station who is uh, in, in sales. He, no stranger to douchebaggery. Right, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he goes over. Yeah, it's sort of true. but It is true. He goes over. There's a, and, and, and he goes to touch this guy, Ben. We'll call him. Let's say we'll call him Ben. Like, for, for our purposes, we'll call him Ben Maxwell. <laughs> And he goes to touch his hat, and uh, and the guy goes, "No, dude, don't touch my hat. It's not dude, cool. Seriously, it's that's not cool. the same night he was bringing the band on, and and in the crowd, you're sitting next to somebody who goes, "Who's the a hole in the hat?" Oh, and we started cracking up. That's dude. that's the living God embodiment damn. of someone oh. who takes it too far. And and Swingers is a movie, apparently, according to this list, that douchebags <laughs> flock to. Now, this doesn't mean that these movies are bad. No. This just means that, for some reason, douchebags congregate around these movies. Casey, Casey picked number one right off the bat. Yep. And it's not one that I would have picked. Let me go to a couple calls, and we'll get to it eventually. Let me go to Jay. Hey, Jay, how you doing? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. What's up, man? I wanted to tell Casey I actually did it. I ran fast enough on a circle where I actually did <laughs> You caught up to yourself, hey, you and you went, you got, you time traveled. That's you went amazing. back in time. That's that is neat. awesome. It took me a year of training, but I did it. It's hard, man. Yeah. Don't think it's easy. Well, where did you run? Um, in a circle. Back at Bally's. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> All right, so what about this movie list? Okay, so I think that one of the number ones is uh, Dude, Where's My Car? Dude, Where's My Car? They don't have this on the list, but... It, Every every person I ever meet that has you know uh, slicked up hair at like a polo shirt, they're like they talk about dude dude my car. I'm like they're kind of stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bad it, movie. It is, it's not. It, it, there there are some good parts to it, but it might be one of those where douchebags douchebags congregate or yeah. flock like, to it. it just over this weekend, I was um, down in Keswick. They were filming. Uh, I can't believe she's not. Uh, can't believe she's going out with them on MTV. Yeah. And, the, like, one of the guys there was talking about the movie. I'm like, wow, near stereotypes. 
There, there you go. I mean, and it's it's this it's the same sort of it, it, dude, the same sort of uh, jerk who ties into these these different aspects of the film. Because the dude wears my car is certainly a dispensable movie. Yeah. But they'll find something to latch onto and stay with it. It's like the guys that you see on that website, uh, hot chicks with douchebags. Yes. yes. They're the ones that would like that. Well, you know what? Also, it's it's the uh, um, it's people who lock onto a movie and repeat it into the ground uh, like constantly. Borat was one. Yeah. That just drove me out of my skull. Yeah, you got that yeah, one but, over and over. Like with Borat and, and Rovine, I just kind of was just like, oh, Rovine. Like, I don't think Yeah, he, Matt Rovine in our not. sales department, he beat that one to death. Yeah, but I don't think he's a douchebag. No, he's no, not. He's not. He's not. But there are others who might revolve around that. Let me go to Jamie. Hey, Jamie, how you doing? Jamie. Oh, wait. I, didn't, uh, I yeah. hit the wrong button. Uh, That's all right, man. Jamie, are you there? Yes. Yeah, what's up, man? How you guys doing? Good, Good. morning. Good morning. Good morning. I, I had to comment about the swingers thing. Yeah. My guy, my, I went out, uh, all the time with a bunch of my friends and they would always call girls, hey, check out the beautiful babies, the beautiful babies. Oh! And. It makes me, I'm, I'm tasting my own vomit listening to this. <laughs> but one time we were out in the city and he, my friend comes up and he goes, oh, check out all the beautiful babies. And this girl comes up and she goes, Really? You're going to quote a movie like that? She goes, you probably get a lot of guys. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And that's the thing. They think that they are definitely going to uh, be able to pick everybody We're going to be just like them in the movie. What is this, Casey? Uh, this is a new slang from um, Garden State. It's the shins. Right. This is the one where she takes the, the, her headphones and she says, here, listen to this song. It'll change your life. When this song came out, no. Casey listened to it ad nauseum. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I sat next to you. And this is back in Y100, and you had it in your iTunes, and you played it every single day after the show was over. And it is a great song, and the Shins make some good music. But... Did it change your life? Uh, yeah, well, I listened to it. I wasted uh, hours of my life listening to it. <laughs> it ruined oh, my went life. into a deep depression. I don't know. I, it's a good song. It's yeah. very melodic. Uh, I, I can listen to it every time it's on. But Well, it's uh, less a song than it is the movie. They're, yeah. they're, not, they're not focusing on the, on the one Shin song. They're saying the movie in and of itself right. projects this sensitive thing that makes guys who are fanatical for it douchebags. Hang on. Let me go to Joe. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Hey, Bartle Dew. Bartle Dew, Joe, what's up, buddy? Hey, nothing much, guys. I just uh, I wanted to say that uh, Scarface has to be on that list. Has to be. And um, it is number one. Yeah. Bartle Dew. It's the one It's the one that Casey picked right off the bat. What were you saying, Joe? Yeah, I was just going to say, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Al Pacino's the, my favorite actor yep. of all time. But uh, there's just, uh, you said that those guys just to try to be those characters. And yep. Just all these thugs. You, yeah, exactly. If you look at if you look at all these these uh, these guys, these uh, these thugs, or the, the thing that just cracks me up when you go through the mall and they have those those artists. Yes, there's like nine or ten sketched pictures of uh, Al Pacino as Scarface. Yeah, yeah. right, right. And it, it's just who, who, who first off, <laughs> who buys that? Second off, yeah. who hangs that on a wall? Well, it's a big, oh, would you check out my large uh, Scarface collection, Steve? A lot of that, like uh, gangster rappers and people they who, adopt and, all that stuff. And people who are into that love that. They love the whole Scarface mythos. On top of it all, not that great of a movie. I mean, it's it's good. It's a good movie. It gets old after a while. It, it all, does all the, the f bombs and and the accent that is over yeah. the top. Yeah, uh, would you like a chalupa? Yeah, it's, uh, there, there's. And it, critically, it wasn't a big hit when it came out. Now, mind you, I love it. It's, yeah. just, it's just excessive to the to the max. And but um, it it is it's they that um, that would have to be number one because more people I know are fanatical about this movie and 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 go nuts for that for the uh, for the, the the Scarface speak on this list. It says the tragedy of Scarface. It, first of all, it talks about 
you know, that it's a good movie. But then, then it goes on and says, the tragedy of Scarface and its popularity amongst douchebags is that... <laughs> This movie represents for them the epitome of the American dream. Tony accomplishes everything that they wish they could, and he embodies everything they wish they did. Tony, the immigrant Cuban, in effect becomes a perfect American. There is nothing and no one he cannot buy, sell, or kill. The world is his canvas to splatter with as much blood as he likes. Within this platonic ideal of America, those who maneuver their way uh, to the top are entitled to unbridled narcissism, whatever that might mean to them. <laughs> and uh, that right there is the dream of douchebag. Bags everywhere. Gives me the chills more than any chainsaw ever could, it says. Uh, let me go to, I have John. Hey, John, how you doing? Monkey pick ass. Hey. Yes. It's a classic. What's up, John? Uh, I think The Little Mermaid. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the Little Mermaid is disgusting. I hate that movie. Douchebag. What the hell were they thinking? Uh, Fight Club. Yeah, Fight, Fight, Club. Fight Club is number five on this list of uh, movies that douchebags love. Yes, why would you say so, John? I just think that the people who, and I've met people who actually think that, like, that they, they can pull this kind of stuff off. And, yeah. like, I, I just, I look at them, and I'm like, you are a douchebag. Like, <laughs> in every sense of the word, you're a douche novel. But you I, know, I can't stand them. And you know, John, douche nozzle. On, on the whole, the movie's a good movie. But it, it's, yeah. it's a great, I love the movie. But yeah. I, I hate the people who try to be that person, who try and be well, you know, schizophrenic. Psycho. Yeah, let me let me read the summation of this of why douchebags love us. It says uh, all. The, first of all, it talks about a very cool world and and uh, you know and and the subtext of it. But this says, but all the douchebags see is bare knuckle fighting in basements and clever ways of converting soap into flammable civil disobedience. The complexities of the metaphors go over their heads, and they're left with Brad Pitt espousing bite sized nuggets of self destructive wisdom. Uh, one man's allegory is another douchebag's excuse to get into a barroom brawl. That's pretty so straight I, up. Yeah, I think that that's completely accurate. Right? Uh, yeah, I agree completely. I mean, I've met people who try to get in the fight because <laughs> because of this movie. Yeah, yeah I and, mean, I just can't stand it. And and also, I and, and like conspiracy theorists and stuff love this movie too. I got I got an email from somebody about you know an, a nine eleven conspiracy theorist and and uh, his his screen name was was Tyler Durden or whatever. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh okay. come on, dude. Yeah. Anybody that thinks they're Tyler Durden just because it's an imaginary character, they got something wrong with them. Yeah. Exactly. Um. All right. Well, I got a lot of calls that are coming in for this, but Casey says we got to wrap well, this up. Go redo uh, some of the names. I'll run down the list. All right. So number ten is old school. Nine is Garden State. Uh, eight, Napoleon Dynamite. Hmm. I love Napoleon yeah, Dynamite. I think it's a funny movie, but it goes on to it, it. What they say is, if you ask someone if they have seen Napoleon Dynamite, if they say yes, then they probably like the movie. Uh, but they're a douchebag if before saying yes, they immediately throw a quote at you. Yeah. And then will not stop quoting it for the rest of the night. Because that is, that does have a ton of quotes. Very quotable in it. movie. They're saying that that means, uh, most likely you are a douchebag yeah. if you do that. Uh, then there's a movie, Steve, you would, you might know this, uh, The Game. Yeah, you saw it, you know it. It's with uh, uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, Sean Penn. I watched it a couple times. I, I like it, was, it. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know why they uh, they said it was uh, one of the more entertaining thriller action films to come out in 1997. It says, but let's be honest, if it wasn't for the fact that David Fincher directed it, no one would ever bring it up during serious discussions of movie making. If anyone other than Marcel Duchamp 
had stuck a urinal in an art gallery, it wouldn't. It would have been called vandalism. Let's put the game back in the cinematic commode where it belongs. Uh, oh. The number six is Swingers, and number five was Fight Club. Number four is Wall Street. Yeah, and I think the douchebags that try to live that, that Gordon, green is yeah, good. Yeah, that what's his name, Gordon White? Gecko. Yeah, the Gordon Gecko that try to be him. Uh, and I would, think, I would think a movie like Boiler Room would probably fall in that, Probably too. in that realm as well, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Boiler Room was a bad movie. Yeah, but I the didn't guys, see it. The douchebags in Boiler Room sit around and watch Wall Street. Right, That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, number three, The Boondock Saints. I still have never seen that it's, movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's a crime. It, it's, it's like a Guy Ritchie type, you know, uh, crime deal. They're actually, they're coming out with number two. The because, people that, because it becomes such a cult movie, they're coming out with right. their second movie. And I think people are proud of the fact that they're in that cult, Steve. Like, right. The, I'm, I'm a Boondocks fan, and maybe that's what makes them boon, uh, uh, you then know, Maybe that's bags. what makes them douchebags. But the movie is legitimately, uh, uh fun. All right. And then, uh, number, we already have number Brutally one. Brutally fun. Number one was, uh, Scarface. Number two on the list. And you'll agree with this. The Fast and the Furious. Oh, yeah. I think that that is a haven for douchebags. You want to do yourself a favor, get a good laugh, get a good chuckle. If you have it on DVD, go to the the, the deleted scenes. And uh, oh, there, no. there are some funny-ass scenes that aren't supposed to be funny. Oh, the, really? There's a scene where, like, all the guys are sitting around, sitting on the car, and the, on the hoods of the car with <clears> their shirts <throat> off. You know, talking about, like, what their dream car would be. Right. And, like... But enough of this. Are we gay or what? <laughs> <laughs> That's where I actually started thinking maybe Vin Diesel is gay. Yeah. Yeah, it was that scene alone. I don't know. We were out yesterday. Uh, the guys, all the guys and I were sitting around with our shirts off yeah. on the cars. And yeah. <laughs> we were wondering if that was a gay scene. And you're not gay, right? I'm not gay at all. So no, maybe this isn't. Uh, one last call. Let me go to Ray. Hey, Ray, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up? How you guys doing? Good. Go ahead, Ray. What's your comment? Um, well, I wanted to go back to uh, when you guys were talking about um, uh, Garden State. Right. Yeah. Uh, like Casey was saying, uh, if I never saw that movie, I would have never got introduced to uh, the soundtrack of that movie, which is which is completely awesome. I right. mean, it, it it opened me up to a completely it changed your life. <laughs> so that that one scene did change your life. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> okay. By well, this list, I would make you a douchebag. <laughs> well, Ray, it, it says actually in the comment section of my screen that uh, you were going to say whoever made this list is a douchebag. Well, yeah, and then I was listening along, and then it got so far pushed back. But, uh, gotcha. yeah, the guy who the guy who came up with this list is definitely a douchebag. <laughs> all right. That may be. Maybe he's come, a self-proclaimed come, douchebag. But I, come, to, come to think about it, I think we're all douchebags. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's entirely possible, sense. Right? Yeah. Wow. Nice. <laughs> Thank you, man. Um, yeah, but with that movie, Garden City, I can't even remember what it was about. I have I, I have. I, I know he goes back home there. and he's killed by a bear. Oh, oh wow. No. Uh, I, it looked. It moved too slow for me. I watched little portions of it, and I'm like, uh, I don't think this is my speed. Well, the link's up on the site, and also a, a blog. So if you want to add, like uh, some people were saying, Top Gun should be on the list. So if you want to oh, add... I think so. Yeah, Top Gun's total douchebag. Absolutely. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but this instant message says, oh, this is killing me, guys. I love these movies. I'm such a douche. <laughs> the Preston and Steve Show on 93.3 WMMR. WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. What's up, Steve? While after announcing on Larry King that he was going to change his ways and be a man, John Goslin reportedly emptied hundreds of thousands of dollars out of a joint account he shares with Kate Goslin. Explained John, quote, what I meant 
was be a man who had robbed the mother of his children blind. <laughs> oh, oh my God. <laughs> ESPN star Aaron Andrews is celebrating the arrest of 48-year-old Michael David Barrett, the man the FBI says secretly videotaped her changing in her hotel room. Andrews says Barrett's arrest finally paves the way for the release of her new DVD called Aaron Andrews, Welcome to My Vagina. Oh! Ah! And finally, KPRC Houston has pulled the Dr. Phil show off the air in its 3 o'clock time Ooh. slot and oh. is replacing it with Oprah's new protege, Dr. Oz. Whoa. A dejected Phil reportedly told a friend, quote, don't poop in my souffle and then expect me to play grandma's cello. Yeah. An oral don't sex that party. What? That's that the mean? way he talks. All right. And that's your Hollywood track. All right, thank you, Steve. Let's see if we can get the answer that we're looking for this morning for the lesson question and I need to know what kind of music is featured in the movie Paranormal Activity, 215263 WMMR. We're going to go to uh, Joe for the answer hey joe how are you man good morning brother good morning bud what music is featured in the movie paranormal activity zydeco zydeco joe i love you now that would make it a little less scary wouldn't it yeah it it really would a little bayou music all right joe for getting that correct i'm going to give you nhl 2k10 Uh, amazing attention to detail breathtaking breathtaking visuals the true hockey fans will love. Hang on just a second. Uh, NHL 2K10 is party now. Is party now, good friend. Dude, that's what it says. Come right now there. quick. It says Go NHL 2K10 is party now. Out, it is party now. Out now for PS3, Xbox 360. Game is party now. And we from 2K10. For Sports to play Sports. good video game. What, what does party now mean? It is party. Is, is that a new catchphrase that they're trying to create? Or party something? now. All right. Huh. Just just a command, party now. Anyhow. Not later. All right. It is party now. Right now. It's right. for to party now. We have to do uh, music news. Bartle do. Steve's music news. All right, and it's brought to you by video games. Oh, video party games. Just now. in general. Video games live. <laughs> Dude, it's brought to you by video games. That's what it says. In brought to you by paper towel dispensers. Can you tell that I don't? Video I, Games Live is a very cool thing. I don't always read these things ahead of time. I just thought it was brought to you by video games. <laughs> brought to you by nope. Biscuits. Video Games Live, <laughs> the world of video game music, live October 11th at the Kimmel Center, featuring the music of the hottest video games on the planet. It's it does, be very cool. It does sound really yeah. cool. Tickets at KimmelCenter.org. We're reserving the front row for Kathy Romano. Bartle <laughs> do. Thanks. Exactly. All right. So uh, following two shows on Thursday and Friday at the Austin City Limits Music Festival, them Crooked Vultures embark on their first North American tour on Monday night in Nashville. <laughs> uh, the highly hyped supergroup, which, of course, consists of Dave Grohl, Josh Holm, and uh, John Paul Jones, have been the subject of furious international buzz since making its official live debut on August 9th in Chicago. Although a uh, debut album has been completed, a release date has yet to be announced. And, damn it, I, I lost the other page that had the date on there. You lost there. the page with all the information? Well, the one that has their, their appearance here, but it's I'll it's it public. It's what no color-coded paperclip was on it? It's not a color-coded paperclip. <laughs> it was just a page that I then misplaced. All right. Anyway, uh, and Marissa was telling me she heard some people that were down at the Austin City Limits, and they said that their performances were awesome. Uh, Coldplay has been announced as special guest on the 20th anniversary episode of The Simpsons. Yay! <laughs> and the episode will air on January 14th, 2010. Uh, and earlier report by RollingStone.com suggests 
that in the episode, Homer Simpson hires the band to play privately for him and Bart after he wins the lottery, with the band having to stop their performance while Bart goes to the bathroom. Uh, previous musical acts that have made guest appearances on the long-running series include U2, The Beatles, three of The Beatles, that is, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Aerosmith, White Stripes, Smashing Pumpkins, Blink-182, The Who, and the late Michael Jackson, of course. Yep. And uh, Green Day was heavily featured in one a while back as well. By the way, next Monday at the Electric Factory, that's when them Crooked Vultures are playing. That's the date on that. And then one more quick thing in music news. Gwen Stefani celebrated her 40th birthday over the weekend. Uh, That was at a bash that was held at an Italian restaurant in West Hollywood. Uh, She was joined by her husband, Gavin Rossdale, of course. Yay! There are two children, Kingston and Zuma. Oh, great names. Zuma. Uh, along with a small group of friends that included <laughs> Kate Beckinsale and her husband, director Len Weissman. Do you know Kate Beckinsale was named most beautiful woman in the world by uh, Esquire magazine? Was that was, was that this current issue? It was over the weekend. Uh, I, I don't doubt out. that, yeah. yeah. You and She's I met her in Pretty person. stunning. Yeah. The, uh, part and her husband is the writer-director of the Underworld series and Live Free or uh, the current one. Yeah. Is that the, was that the latest one? Live Free yeah. or Die Hard, yeah. Uh, the party guests had a family-style lunch featuring several Italian appetizers. Pizza. A, uh, source said that uh, Gwen looked amazing and so much younger than 40. Uh, she was in a great mood and seemed very excited to celebrate her birthday with her husband, children, and friends. And, and bastard child. And she's been working on a new album with no doubt. So there you go. That's what I got for you in uh, Music News, gang. You're listening to Preston and Steve. MMR rocks now. Uh, let me see. What all do we need to do? Thank you to our uh, guest today, of course, Christian Slater. Yes. I like him. He's a cool guy. And uh, tomorrow night uh, at 10 o'clock is when you'll be able to see his new show, The Forgotten, which is on ABC. And it's about these people in their spare time go uh, and help out uh, kind of cold cases, unidentified yeah. people. Jane Doe's, John Doe's. Yeah. Dosey Doe's. Trying to track it down. Uh, so we'll see if... Uh, if uh, Wait, isn't a do dough also a cookie, a Girl Scout cookie? It is. Oh. It's the peanut butter one. Oh, that's the cookie expert. Mm. Yeah, that's right. You know what? Because we had uh, we had the... Uh, to go off on a whole other tangent, uh, The that's it's a featured uh, blizzard at uh, Dairy Queen. Right? Uh, is it now? Dude. They're doing those Girl Scout... They, they have yeah, the, uh, the Thin, thin Mint one. Oh, get your paw. Oh. Really? Awesome. Hold on. What's the do dough? Uh, it's the peanut butter. Oh! <laughs> Cookie, and now they've got, they've got that as a as a blizzard. And my son had it, and I That's only had a little taste of it. It's pretty damn good. When's Girl Scout cookie time? That's a good question. It, uh, it, it, it oh, passed. It's Boy Scout popcorn time. Well, right listen, now. yes, and I and I gotta throw some love out to Pack Ninety One. Uh, yeah, son, Pack Ninety One. My sons are Cub Scouts, Woo! and I Woo! Saturday. Hey, 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 hey. Actually, no, it was yes. Stop that. What are you doing? You will sell popcorn and fuel the dream of a perfect society. Where the hell did Psycho! come from? Oh, Dairy Queen has some pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, it, uh, no. You did well, didn't you? You were helping well, listen, the uh, popcorn. Yes, yesterday, Sales. Uh, we, uh, there's an area where I live, Skipback Village, and they have this thing called Skipback Days, <laughs> and they, it's a big street party thing, and it's jam-packed yeah. with people. And I had to go out there from 10 a.m. to noon with my son and some of the other Cub Scouts and sell the popcorn, which is their main fundraiser to uh, to be able to do events. Boy Scouts got the popcorn. 
Uh, Cub Scouts. Cub Scouts the got the popcorn. Yeah, I don't know what the Boy Scouts. <laughs> Boy Scouts are selling pretzels, but anyway, yeah. uh, so Dude, they got pads. popcorn, but it's got hair. But <laughs> never mind, they're a little bit older. Hey, 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 oh, hey, hey! Stop that! What the hell? Can I? Can I just anyway? Can yeah. I mention this? But <laughs> but I was out there for a couple hours. Such a well constructed <laughs> joke. We were selling uh, popcorn. Three <laughs> four and a half hours. <laughs> Commit it's popcorn and pubic hair. No? Why would it have pubic hair? Because it's older. <laughs> what did I do, Steve? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to leave the joke. I, yeah, I, I left it. It's he really has. There. I heard him. He's in the parking lot. He's looking for his keys. But but it's actually you that brought it back. Uh, anyway, oh, so I come back in and explain that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway um, so where we were, our particular stand yesterday car now. of the whole weekend. Is that your car? Is car now? <laughs> He's leaving. There he goes. Bye, Joe. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Get the right. Anyway. All right. We're, uh, the, the By the way, we did uh, appearances every night last week. <laughs> yes, we did. So uh, no, we're a little fried. The group of Cub Scouts yes. that I was with for the time frame that we were there, we were there, we sold more than anybody else. And I just wanted That's to say, awesome. way to go to the game from Pac-91. By the way, I love that uh, Boy Scout, uh, Cub Scout popcorn. It's dude, awesome, dude. It is so good. Like, the straight-up yep. butter popcorn is the best you can get. And the cattle corn is really good. Oh. The cattle corn is damn good. But i got to oh. ask, how many packages come in a box? Well, Four. Casey, uh, there are a, a number of them, but if you, want them, if you want them with pubic hair, they cost yeah. even more. <laughs> no, I don't know how many. There's microwave popcorn in the sun that's already done. But anyhow, do me a favor and support the Cub Scouts and buy the Great popcorn. organization. And yeah, because this is how they raise the money to do the events that they, they are able to do and all that good stuff uh so anyhow uh, uh yeah and, and we're gonna be next week i'll be doing it again with pack 91 so i'll let you know when and where and you can come right. and, and help out so it was very nice but i was very proud of our scouts because when you started the story three hours ago yeah. we raised more than anybody uh, else and uh, i thought it was uh, pretty cool uh, <laughs> <sighs> hey, hey, hey 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 pierre's here everybody hey, hey. how are you pierre <laughs> Fine. How are you? Awesome. A little man. groggy, but doing well. Yeah, but it was a busy weekend. We all had a lot of appearances and stuff. You guys but did it, have a lot going on this weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was quite yeah. a bit. It was fun, though. It was good, uh, enjoyable. Did you do anything? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I had a show Saturday night with John Lilly from the Hooters. That was great ah. fun. And then I uh, drank a lot after that and oh, then right. slept till two in the afternoon yesterday. Nice. <laughs> Well, that sounds like an eventful it weekend. It was great fun. Awesome. Well, we do. We have a really great prize for the letter we of the do. day. Uh, you, you aware of what it is? A trip to New Orleans. Yeah, yes. yeah. For, and a Les Paul guitar. And over Halloween. Such a great city. Here's a town where you can drink on the streets and yep. actually walk up to drive-by, walk-through windows, get booze, and continue walking. It's great, yeah. isn't it? It's magnificent. It's uh, civilization at its best. Well, let's <laughs> Sex in the streets, booze on the streets, love is everywhere, beads are everywhere. you got to go. Well, let's do the letter and send somebody there. Here okay. we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. T as in Target. Target! Right. And uh, let's give this trip away on Friday. Uh, we will collect the letters. And it's from uh, Best Buy Musical Instruments and Gibson. And they present Wolf Mother Voodoo Experience in New Orleans over Halloween weekend. Travel Hotel, uh, you get the Loa Lounge VIP passes, a meet and greet with Wolf Mother. 
father and a new Gibson Les Paul studio guitar signed by the band. Their new CD, Cosmic Egg, hit stores October 27th. And from what I understand, the uh, the Loa passes include, it says here, exclusive access to the Loa Lounge front row, which is a reserved area in front of the Voodoo main stage. Wow. Reserved parking, line-free entrance, complimentary classic New Orleans lunch and dinner buffet, private bathrooms, and a whole lot more. Oh, this is the full-on service deal. That is so cool. Yeah, and and especially New Orleans over Halloween has got to be a Insane. Trip. Yeah, so. Oh, my God. Yeah, get yourself ready for that. Um, as we are getting out of here, should I give away some of these cases? You should. We have we have the movie Black Dynamite. It's an MMR premiere. And we're going to be doing this uh, Wednesday night. And it officially doesn't open until the 16th. But uh, we'll set you up. You need to be at least 18. And right on, sweet sister. I'll take about 10 callers right now. 215-263-WMMR. Wednesday night at UA Riverview. And uh, get there early, please. Nick's going to be there for that event as well. Uh, so we'll put you on the list. Uh, let me see. I'll thank our sponsors at this moment in time. Uh, the President Steve Show brought to you by Valley of Fear, America's most horrifying haunted woods and original haunted hayride. More info at valleyoffear.com. And also Rumba Mondays at the Tropicana tonight and every Monday. Visit Tropicana.net for more information. And Litman Jewelers for an amazing selection of diamond engagement rings. Shop Litman Jewelers today. Uh, what's coming up on the show today, Pierre? Well, on my fine action-packed program, we've got four of a kind at 11 o'clock, which is one more week of uh, offering you 500 bucks if you can guess the theme. Uh, at 11 a.m. and again with Jackson at 3 p.m. who should return from maternity leave today or paternity leave or whatever it is. Also, uh, New Music Monday, I got Steel Panthers. Feel the steel. Yeah. <laughs> the show is great, Pierre. Yeah, I really wish I was there. And so I've got uh, Buck Cherry's Live and Loud 2009. I've got Papa Roach and Jet Tickets to give away, workforce blocks of ACDC, Collective Soul, REM, and a vinyl cut of Steve Miller. How about wow. that? It's a jam-packed day. Jam-packed. Stay I with Pierre. And it's going to be beautiful today, no too. jelly. So. Uh, let me see here. <laughs> we have on tomorrow's show... Uh, <laughs> The uh, the cast nice. of Nick's Kitchen Show tomorrow. Yeah. What's the name of that show? Kitchen Impossible. It's on DIY, and uh, it airs later this week, and we'll get all the details tomorrow. Uh, we will also have Ed, who is Mumbles, the Bartle Do guy, is stopping by <laughs> from YouTube. Uh, the videos are a scream. And, uh, Bartle Do. And he'll be popping in tomorrow morning, so we'll talk to him about that as well. And we have a horror tattoo for Tattoos Day. Nice. We'll have to see what all that includes. Uh, don't forget that uh, with uh, Comcast Digital Cable On Demand, a lot of new stuff on the Preston and Steve portion of the page. Go to uh, On Demand, then click on Get Local, click on Entertainment, and then you will see the Preston and Steve button. Go there, and then we have the Granny Grand Prix on there. We have Jet performing live, Kevin Pollock when he was here, Seth Green uh, when he was in the studio. We have the Casey Zubazine video, George Takei, and a bunch more, which have just been put up. So if you want to get a look, you certainly can. That's it. We're done, Ray John. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. Preston and Steve, love you, hate you, line. And the crossing guard on Vermont Road, hey, so the 50-year-old guy on the bicycle doesn't need to have traffic stops so you can act like a cop. Get a life, mother Next message. I'm going to miss September morn, but this is my favorite time of the year. Say, sorry, time, baby. Next message. I just want to give a big view to everybody down at the ballpark that tries to sell those t-shirts or anything else that you're wheeling around in your shopping cart because I know it was you that stole the grill out of the back of my truck.
trust. F you. F you. I'm so glad you shared. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks.